We're back, folks. Another month, another grin grappler. Um, we've just concluded probably our least professional pre-show <laughs> meeting yet. That does cover some ground, let me tell you. Confirmed. But we're here nonetheless. Nonetheless, um, The expert panel you've come to know and love on this program, uh, we are hopeful that we will all stay intact throughout the show and stay on the program. We'll see. <laughs> we don't know, right? It's beautiful being alive, brother. Bobby, how are you tonight, Chief? I'm doing well, pal. You know, uh, it's great to be back. I enjoy doing the show every month. Uh, looking forward to this one like usual. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby's tone can be somewhat, it, it can be questionable sometimes, right? Like, I, I believe him. You know, there's the lack of oomph sometimes. It makes me wonder if you really are excited to talk about the instant classic Christian Cage, Bob. I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. We'll explore more as we go. The Oracle of Wrestling. I know you're excited, bro. One of your favorites, one of your all-time favorites. We're going to talk some WWECW. There's, oh, yeah, there's so much to discuss. How are you, Chief? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm excited to talk about him, talk him up. Uh, <clears throat> bear with me, folks. Uh, yes. Lots of muting for me probably tonight. Um, battling uh, battling the cold. Um Actually. Pull some prayers, bro. Bear with me. Yes. I'm here. You are indeed also here in the darkness there. Our friend, the contrarian Alex. Um, Or a contrarian Alex. Not necessarily the contrarian. One of the contrarians, Mm -hmm. um, to be more specific. Alex, how are you, pal? I'm well. Today's been rather hectic. Uh, Coming off of a tremendous holiday, you know, four-day weekend for us here in the States. And... um, Bengals won. University of North Texas is going to a conference championship game. So the shoot sports are working out well for me. Uh, I'm actually planning on attending their game. It's at the Alamo Dome this Sunday, and I will be sporting this hat and, you know, kind of, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, willing things into existence, that type of thing. Um, But even after today, the hustle and bustle of work and, you know, taking care of pets and dealing with Internet issues and shit like that, we're here today to talk uh, about um, a real favorite of mine, and I, you know, I, I I love doing this, but uh, this particular episode, I'm very excited about. It is pretty cool that, like, you know, we always start this show with a look at our personal fandoms, right? And I would argue this episode is the most we will all feel a connection to the wrestler we're covering. I think that's actually mm-hmm. like I think we all have a fondness for the wrestlers we've covered thus far, but like. I think we would all list this guy as one of our all-time favorites. Um, and I'm intrigued to know the different reasons why and the different timelines. Bobby, I'll start with you, as you were so excited earlier, um, animated in your enthusiasm. <laughs> Bob, map it out for me, Chief, your, your kind of fandom um, of Christian Cage through the years. Go ahead, Chief. Yeah, when I started watching, he was uh, with the Un-Americans, which, you know, that was not great. But, like, everything after that... Uh, really showed that uh, he's got range. He's a really good TV worker and just really entertaining. You know, he could always go out there and just have a good match. And, uh, you know, when they brought the Intercontinental title back, he was always in the hunt for that. And then kind of, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of his first run, he did have the uh, title feud with Cena. And, uh, yeah, just kind of a guy you could always count on. Like, when he's on the show, he's going to be entertaining and, uh, you know, found his way into some of those uh, big tag matches they used to do on Raw, which were always fun, or, you know, Van Damme or Shelton or just – just really solid guy to watch and uh you know kind of carried over to i didn't really follow him in tna all that much but when he left it kind Big of was fair it was the first one that kind of felt like hey you know this is a big deal because he was their first kind of wwe guy that they signed 
Um, Relevant and, WWE guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he came back kind of when I started watching again. Um, so it kind of worked out like that. And he's still going, man. He still rules. Uh, the two matches with Omega a couple years ago were very good. Last year was that? Yeah. Yes, last yes, year yes. Was, was very good. And uh, yeah, he's, he's still good, man. He's obviously the same wrestler. It's crazy. Go ahead, Alex. Bob, do you remember why they brought back the Intercontinental title? Um, not really. I just, you gave me the door and this is something I was going to mention anyway. It was, uh, cause Triple H had to be champion of everything. If I remember correctly, that's why they dissolved it in the first place. But yeah, it was brought back because when Stone Cold came back, he literally just sent a promo. Well, while I was gone, some jackass got rid of the Intercontinental title. We're bringing that back. And so that was the whole reason it came back. Things used to be better. It's kind of, would you guys agree with me? That's kind of like a forgotten moment of insanity. The belt just dis- like just was gone for a while. I feel like if, I think there's a lot of fans that don't even know that ever happened. It was because it yeah. was a brief time, right? It wasn't it wasn't gone for long, right? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? It was only no, it wasn't even a year. It was gone. Yeah. It was just that we need to please Paul, and this is one way to do it. And then just like that, they realize you know they've done that so many times where they realize they did something stupid, so they just explain it away in one line of dialogue, and then it's like there you go. Yeah. And we always accept it. Exactly. <laughs> we, agree, we, exactly. we agree it was stupid to begin with. We turn to each um, other and go, see, let yeah, it play it out. Absolutely <laughs> correct. Oracle, I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer here. There are many layers to your Christian Cage fandom. Again, there's one we'll get into tonight in particular that pops me very much. Um, map it out for me, pal. What does it look like? The, the Oracle of Wrestling's Christian Cage fandom. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... I so I hated Edge and Christian when I was a kid, but you know they were heels, whatever. Yeah. And um, I started to become a Christian fan basically when he was teaming with Jericho in '02. After the kind of mm-hmm. like they after they dissolved the the uh, Un Americans and and kind of made Jericho and Christian a tag team. And then uh, I was just, I was like a super big fan of his. Like I remember like cheering for him against Goldberg in the cage. Um, <laughs> And like, uh, like, it's funny. Like, one of my favorite mid card feuds was after he won the IC title, and he had a feud with Booker T. And I loved Booker T. at the time, so I was like all into that feud. Yeah, it was like two of my favorites in a, in like a you know feuding over a title. Um, of course, you know the the Jericho feud I was super into at the time, involving Trish and brought Tomko in, and I, and I was a big fan of the Tomko tag team. And uh, you know, just just his character in general. I mean, I, I I always thought he was good in the ring, but his character is what you know kind of drew me in. Like he's right. kind of goofy doofus type guy. He was like the peeps, whatever. Uh, you know, that just I, I thought it ruled. Um, I was like super into the triple threat feud with Cena and Jericho, and was like bummed that I didn't get to like get vengeance on pay per view at the time because Dad, you know, usually I had to convince Dad to get a non big four you know like yeah you know what's the reason to get this and i think i can't remember we were on vacation or something i couldn't see it that that's that's awesome that's such a thing that's gone because my dad was the exact same way like yeah you know i'm I'm not i'm not buying armageddon he's like you know uh he 
there was one year I had to like do a bunch of chores to get King of the Ring because he only acknowledged the big four. He was just oh, like, wait. we get four of these a year, all right? <laughs> and that's, that's like, you know, you want to talk about something to make me feel old. Like, there's a whole generation of wrestling fans that like have no idea what we're talking about. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, my 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 dad liked wrestling, but like at the time it was like, you know, he got bills to pay and kids to feed. Like, well, you know, what the fuck, you know. I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars a month for a fucking you know. We're not, random, we're not turning random out the lights YouTube. for damn Batista, son. Yeah, I've just pulled it up because I was I was in my mind. I was thinking, imagine, imagine, imagine Papa Hale's twenty years younger going, "What the hell? You want me to get a, <laughs> never <laughs> get a June pay per view?" I was like, my memory was telling me that was a good show. I just pulled it up on Cage Match as a nine point one. This, of course, was the show with Batista and Triple H's Hell in a Cell match. The scene mm-hmm. of Triple Threat and Sean Angle too, I guess that would be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Poor Oracle. Young Oracle must be like, good little triple header. Yeah. <laughs> Come on well, now. You know? And <laughs> I remember all the response was so good online that I had to wait for two months until the DVD dropped to watch the show because that's, that's how <laughs> that's things worked back then. That yep. is the right. comic book villain origin story of <laughs> Contrarian Alex. <laughs> so when... Uh, when... <laughs> When when he jumped to TNA, uh, I got like Genesis a few like a few months after it happened, like at like yeah. McKay's whatever the fuck it was, and uh, you know on resale I guess if if, if it was at McKay's, and because uh, like Christmas was like one of my favorites, yeah. and I remember popping huge when he beat Jarrett for the title, and like I started watching weekly Impact at the time around then mm-hmm. I started airing on Thursdays or whatever pretty consistently at that point um yeah I mean, he was my favorite guy in tna for like all 2006 like he was my favorite you know um i was in you know i was into the rhino feud and stuff um i i, I kind of got out of the loop of tna after after uh joe lost to angle the first time i was like oh, okay whatever been um, oh. but like yeah um, but yeah, I, I would always tune in occasionally just to watch him wrestle or whatever. Um, I remember like the Kaz ladder match getting pimped at the time and checking that out and like thinking, oh, this kind of fucking rules. That was so um, funny. People were like, Kaz had a career performance. He's going to be the new guy. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so I got super into WWE ECW in 2008. So like, that was like my favorite rest, like weekly wrestling show. So when Christian randomly came back. Like in February, and it's funny because like I I knew some stuff, but like I wasn't like I didn't have my own laptop, so I wasn't like all into like the yeah. Back then, you couldn't just pull, you couldn't just go onto your phone and mm-hmm. look shit up without blowing all the data through the roof, and yeah, you couldn't know. just check Bob's latest right, right, right exactly. Yeah. I'm not even sure yeah. I had a cell phone then. I, I, yeah. I think I was the only one in the family who didn't yet. God bless. Um, yeah, I, time, I, didn't have, I didn't have stuff until the end of the year. <laughs> Um, so when Christian came back, I was like, oh shit. I was like, it's fucking Christian. And uh <laughs> I fucking popped huge and like he was like having these killer matches with these fucking scrubs like Jack Swagger and Yoshitatsu and and fucking Ezekiel Jackson. And I was like, this guy fucking rules and he had a great feud with Regal and I don't know, man, it ruled. Um tremendous. And of course he got hurt a bunch, but he every time he came back, he would like rule and had a bunch of cool matches with like Sheamus and Del Rio and and um oh fuck. Even 
even he and Cody Rhodes had a pretty good series of matches for the IC belt at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, just, 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 just a killer mid card worker. Like he was never, he never got pushed enough. Um, except for the Randy Orton feud, which fucking rules. Um, yes, you know, and, and obviously he was great as a main eventer in TNA. But even just as like a guy, you could you would just come on TV and have like an awesome summer series with Drew McIntyre in 2010 on SmackDown. Be like, man, that fucking rule. <laughs> this guy rules. Um, so yeah, he's... I, have, I have half a mind to say that didn't actually happen, but I believe you, Oracle. Oh, it, it definitely did. Um, you check it out. But uh, yeah, he's he's one of my all-time favorites. Great worker. Uh, just the way he transitions in the ring and his creativity in terms of sequences putting matches together and, and selling and all that stuff that actually matters in wrestling. Um, he's, he's great at it. One of the great minds from, from that's not even from me, from, from what I understand, a lot of, a lot yes. of wrestlers think he's one of the great yes. minds. Um, it can't be was, a coincidence. Like with the exception of one match that we'll get to, these are all great finishes. He has to be a finish guy. Like it can't be a yes. coincidence that he's had all these great right. finishes. He right. is regularly cited as one of the smartest guys in terms of layout, structure, finish. Like, he's he's you know. one of the great, like, um, M&A's baby. Great uh, <laughs> people who's, who's implemented. Here we go with the huge nerd. Um, oh, well, I don't know why I said that. The last 15 minutes we've spent, we've spent nerding out about this guy. But yes. uh, a word that uh, has been thrown on the message boards before is learn psychology. Which is like you learn, you learn. It's mm-hmm. like watching tape. It's like you you learn yeah. your mistakes from a previous match. The Orton feud is the most famous, and there's counters yeah. and reversals yeah. based off that. He's brilliant with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just 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 an absolute favorite of mine. I'm I've been gushing too long. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it over to Alex. Cool. But so it's all yeah, about he's, he's, he 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 fucking rules. Factual, Alex. I assume you co-sign most of that sentiment. But what's your uh? Yeah, how does it, how does your own fandom kind of line up by comparison? Go ahead. Yeah, I get to be the old guy now, sadly. But um, I remember when Christian showed up in his first match, he won a title. So as a little kid, I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's got to be like a huge deal." Uh, I was a little kid, so I didn't understand the light heavyweight title meant nothing. But still, it was his first match, and he beat Taka on pay per view at Judgment Day, and it's the 1998 where everything's just white hot and so i was like well this guy needs probably means something and then when i was a little kid i still do but when i was a little kid i was i just loved the lost boys so i was like i thought the brood was the coolest shit in the world and i watch it now and their promos are skin crawlingly bad yeah. but <laughs> i thought it, they were so cool and then end of 99 you know into 2000 uh edge christian the hardys the dudleys that that revolutionized your wrestling figure playing. You had to have like three ladders and two tables and have all those guys. You know, I was fucking 12 and 13. So I thought Jeff Hardy was cool for crying out loud. And I was just like, Oh man, look at these guys. And I loved like surfer douche edge and Christian, like the bro dudes. I thought that shit was so good. So funny. Um, The reeking of awesomeness, the five second pose. Like I was just all about that. Uh, And then going into like, when they frayed, you know, I was thinking about this and it was like, there's no one besides RVD I have any attachment to from like the summer of 01 to like early 2003. Cause that mm-hmm. in the fallout of the, you know, the fucking 
invasion and all that I, you, there was no one you could really get attached to but mm-hmm. anyway when they split up initially i was still all about christian and then you know we get into like oh three and he wins the icy title and then he cuts his hair and gets that new look and i remember being all about that he was wearing again at the time when i perceived his cool clothes but now i know he was just trying to look like an asshole and like uh <laughs> The shit with Booker mm-hmm. T is great. Uh, uh, Oracle, do you remember when they did the the spin a Rooney off? Like, yeah, at, yeah. And Christian, like, before he does, he's like, I got a question. Who ordered the pizza with extra peep a Rooney? <laughs> and then he comes out and starts, like, dancing. Like, he was all, uh, I think it was the first episode we did of this, Joe. You and I said that 98% of comedy and wrestling is not actually funny. Yeah. And, Christian was a guy that like was legitimately funny. And yes. like he, if he was just acting like a doofus and I'll talk about some of my favorite TNA stuff when we get to it, but like he was actually genuinely funny, but there was that. And then I started becoming more of like an internet fan when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, my favorite wrestlers were AJ Styles, Randy Orton and Christian. Uh, those were like my three guys and Austin Aries, LOL. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, we get into me becoming more of an internet fan. And to this day, I've never thought edge was like a main event guy. I've never bought him as a main event guy. I've never thought he was some great, you know, generational promo, like everyone else does. And so when I found myself on the internet, a lot of times, like going on these diatribes about why Christian was better than edge and why Christian should be the one getting the push. So because of that, you know, I have my like, when I would go to the shows at the Irwin Center Raw and stuff, I would cheer extra hard for Christian or have my sign. I'm like, "Yeah, Christian, you're the one." And you don't, you don't like, you don't like Adam Copeland's Shakespeare. Uh, his heel school of insult the local sports team, which that's that can be done well, but you know, it was just when, yeah, when they split, I was just like no, let's do stuff with Christian. He's entertaining. I like him more. So, yeah, I was definitely extra smarky when it came to that dude. And then when, you know, TNA really, you know, Victory Road 04, that was like for me. And so that's when I really started like TNA is the shit. Mm-hmm. And then getting really mad and like venting online on the no DQ forums in 05 about like, they should be doing more with Christian. Da, 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 da. And then he went to TNA and that was just like, that was a stamp for me. That was like, all right, TNA is getting my full support. This is where we go with this. And then they immediately make him a main eventer and the world champion. And it doesn't seem out of place. He like falls into that role. Well, uh, he went though. His debut was the day Eddie died, right? Yeah. Something around there. And he wore like the Eddie, mm-hmm. like, yeah. he called the, like, you know, gave, gave, gave Eddie a shout. Well, and wow. then his, yeah, his TNA run was just phenomenal. And, um, you know, he, he was burnt out by the end of it, but by that point, the bloom was off the rose with TNA. But he was there and like a featured player when they really were great. And I'm gonna gush the gush the fuck out about TNA later when we get to it. But like, <laughs> uh, but but then by the time he came back, I was kind of disconnected from almost all wrestling that wasn't like indie shit. And I remember when he came back to ECW, it was like or ECW, it was like no fanfare and he just kind of showed up there again. Yeah. And, but still it was Christian. So I was like, cool. And then he got a title and, uh, he, um, you know, he went on to do his stuff and I liked his series with Wharton and I've, I like, you know, what I've seen and what he's doing now. I really like it, but it's like, 
he's one of those guys that's been around as long as I can remember. And it's never, I've never seen him and got depressed. I've never seen him and been no. like, oh man, what are you doing? That type of thing. He's yeah. just, and it's not even, he's not even that Terry Funk thing or what Chris Jericho thinks he is of like changing with the times. It's just like, he's just good. And he knows yeah. like what to do in every situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's timeless, right? And that way he's, his skill set, no matter how um, flashy wrestling becomes, there will always be place for a Christian Cage wrestling that way, um, in that rhythm. Like he's just, he's just brilliant. He's great. Um, for me, I say this a lot on these shows. You know, a guy who I always knew of and about and watched a lot of without ever considering myself a fan, and then it was in his kind of um, his retirement. I guess is still the right term for it that I really came to appreciate. And what was a big thing for me was um, what Oracle mentioned about the way the guys kind of refer to him. If you watch his matches through that lens, as I tried to after hearing so many of those comments, you really get a great appreciation of him. I remember vividly Alton doing an interview where he seemed to be like in awe of Christian. You know, he was like, he's the best worker I've ever been in with, you know, so on and so forth. And like, I'd heard about the series, so on and so forth. I've had to see a couple, couple of the matches, but... If you watch that series in just a straight line, match after match, learn psychology, brother. Seriously, it's a real thing. That's the most famous example. Um, There's one spot in the match we cover that's like kind of iconic in that regard um, with the pump fake, which we'll get into. But like, I think he's a guy who, as much as the personality is fun from just like an objective standpoint, outside looking in, whatever, he's someone who the more nerdy you get with your wrestling fandom, the more you appreciate him which unfortunately a lot of our favorites is the opposite, right? You have to, you kind of go through this process. If you love a guy, you become a great big fucking nerd. You decide they wasn't that good. And then you come all the way better. I'm like, actually, no, you know, Goldberg rules. You know what I mean? That kind of deal. Christian is like, the deeper you get in the whole of wrestling nerddom, it's like, fuck man, Christian's the best. Like how great is Christian? Um, He's just awesome. And like, there's some of these matches on this. There's one in particular I could watch like on loop. He's so smooth, and he, the pacing of his matches, he's like, he's a guy who takes his time and sells, but he's, um, it never reaches that point of, like, let's get moving with me with Christian, his best work, you know? it's It absolutely is just beautiful the way he paces his matches, and it's still this way. I mean, I remember some of those TV matches he had in Oracle, I think you might recall, like, when he came and he worked Kazarian again, and they just had, like, a really good match on TV mm. because, of course, they did in his first match back. Like, yeah. he knows how to give... He's matches substance, selling, and and let things breathe. But he always there's like a flow to his work. Just amazing wrestler. So yeah, he never does anything that he couldn't or shouldn't. Like that's, yes, that's yeah. and that there's too many people that, and it's not that oh my character wouldn't do that or I'm sorry oh hell my character wouldn't do that. It's more <laughs> of like uh, just for the I've never seen him do something in a match that right. shouldn't be done or couldn't be done right. that type of thing. It is fascinating that he, the wrestler he became, you know, and how much it contrasts with the way they originally got famous with the ladder matches and stuff is kind of wild to think about, right? Now, mm-hmm. obviously, those matches required the the wrestling brain that became so famous later on, but those are just wonderful spectacles. They're thrill, you know, they're they're roller coasters, um, stunt shows, whatever you want to call them. It's like he became one of the more restrained wrestlers in the world in that sense. Like his high spot would be like, he'd do like a cross body or some shit, you know, a frog splash. Like he does a crazy thing in one of these matches, but generally he has matches that could play in the eighties. You know, he's just 
in that way, again, he's timeless. Um, when he took that one wing angel off the top rope, I was like, that's the highest that dude's been up in a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a cool deal too, because like people that used to listen to their podcast, Edge and Christian, like, what was it called? The podcast of awesomeness? What was the, what yeah, was the, what was the yeah. um, they reviewed Omega Okada and Christian said he had to turn the match off because he was getting really frustrated because his brain started putting together spots with Kenny. And he was like, I had to, I had to leave it and then come back to the next day. Cause I was like, I was annoying myself. And so when he got to have that match twice, it was like, fine, that's awesome. And I like the all out match a lot. The rampage match is like a career match. Christian. Yeah. That match is incredible. And the crowd reaction. Match, so yeah, he's been great forever. Still great. I'm looking forward to moving back. Hopefully soon. I think it's a while yet, but um, anyway, What's his current injury. It's his elbow, right? Something his arm. I don't know. Yeah, Bobby? I, think so. I thought it was a shoulder or something, but yeah, yeah elbow um, might be right. He's, he's you know, as Oracle mentioned, he got hurt quite a bit down the stretch in his WWE career, obviously, and there's yeah. a concussion that, that ended it, right? From what I can yeah. recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, He had that weird deal where he came back and, like, they like, advertised that he was going to wrestle against Orton on TV yeah. in the in the PC era. Do you remember yeah. this? Yeah. In the pandemic? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Yeah, he had like they did like a one night angle. He's going to fight Randy Orton tonight, and like Randy just hit him one move, and that was it. It was very strange. Yeah, he got punted, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. Was this after like he came back for the Rumble? No, this is before. This is summer oh, yeah. before. What? All right, all right. But that was when he got cleared, I believe. Yeah, he probably was previously was on. Cleared. Yeah, because he was previously on a list of like they had that list of guys you can't touch. Because they're too banged up, can't be time to take a risk with it. He was on that list, and he he thought it was kind of dumb, and he got him. So I don't know. It, his situation was always kind of strange, right? Because like for so long he wasn't retired, he just wasn't around. It was like, where is Christian? What's the deal? But I don't know. He's back now. So. Was he on WrestleMania 30? I remember like no. Okay, because he was in the that great elimination chamber right before. Is that, I think that might have been like the last time he got hurt, like and was out for good. Because he got it, hurt. Uh, so. He was supposed to face Big E for the IC title on an episode of Main Event. He won a four-way on Raw. It was like two weeks before Mania. He was supposed to wrestle of course, Big E yeah. on Main Event for the IC title. It's back when they like actually cared about Main Event. And uh, he got contested <laughs> in that match. Yeah, and Big E still jokes around about that, right? He's like, I, I owe you one. You know, that kind of deal. That was the thing Big E yeah. would often have fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's get into some of the matches here. Quickly before we do, I want to shout out Ben. Last time he was on, he gifted five community subs. Appreciate it very much, but I missed it. So my bad. We appreciate you as always, Ben. And also, Bam, great supporter of both this platform and our pals at Wrestle Curious. He's resubscribed, been with us now for four months, which is far too long if you ask me. But, you know, like what you like, right? Let people enjoy things, Bob. Am I right? True, exactly. All right. Get what you get. Let's talk, I suppose. Let's talk some Christian Cage matches. Let's get into Act One. Raw Rumble 2001, a straight-up tag match with the Dudleys. Inage and Christian are the tag champs. Um, this is a match in which the main plot line is the Dudleys are, in fact, concussed. <laughs> um, Bubba signals this by just sort of just traditionally grabbing his own head. Um, I, a lot of people questioned why this was the match I chose. And, I, you know, we kind of talked about the rest, right? But, like, I put this forward when we, did, when we put it together. The TLC match is great, but like, look, there's nothing left to say. We, we we know it changed everything. It's like they're iconic. Everyone knows every spot, beat for beat. 
in fact, they're kind of hurt by the fact that for 20 years people try to recreate them. So now it's like hard to even adjust to the insanity we see these days. This is one of the only major shows in which Edge and Christian got to work a traditional, like, kind of throwback tag in terms of structure. It doesn't have the length to really become, like, spectacular, but it is, you know, they get a nice heat segment, right? There's a big hot tag. Like, as great as these two guys were as a team, they didn't get many opportunities to do this on pay-per-view. Um, so I thought this would be a fun one to pick out to kind of spot like that because I often think of Edge and Christian as a team as kind of like, as great as they were, to me they're kind of a what-if in terms of era. I'd love to see them get a chance to work some like long southern tags, you know? Imagine them getting 25 minutes with you. I'm sure they did it on house show loops and stuff, but that always stood out to me and they had a very short run, you know, relative to the other teams in this match. So um, that was why I put this forward. 2001 is, you know, they're, they're, they've been around as a team now for quite some time. They've been on top of their game for quite some time. Let's get into it. Alex, what did you make of our first match? Edge and Christian up against the Dudleys. Royal Rumble 2001. What did you think? Yeah, that, these teams and the WWF in general were gearing up for, um, uh, unfortunately, one of their bigger flops in WrestleMania 17. Not a show many people talk about anymore. But... Um, <laughs> I respect your reason for picking this and agree with it. And man, it needs to be said. Bubba Ray Dudley, understandably so, is in that Austin Aries camp of people, you know, talk shit about him that, you know, younger people. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He needs to fuck off forever, that type of thing. But that dude was a fucking great pro wrestler. I mean, not He's to take away from Devon either, but the Dudleys were fucking awesome. And Bubba mm-hmm. Ray specifically in a tag team role, dude, he's like one of the best show openers I've ever seen. He could get crowds going so hot, specifically in the opening match. It was just ridiculous. Like, I went to Bad Blood 03, and the Dudleys wrestled fucking Rodney Mack and Christopher Nowinski. And you would have thought we were in the sportatorium and the Von Erichs were wrestling the way Bubba had him clapping, man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and that's like similar here. The Dudleys, man, could just get people fired up without and to your point, without even using a table. The right. finish of this match is like the heel team outsmarts the baby faces, but then they outsmart the heels and then they win and, they, and people are happy. Yeah, the, the commentary's atrocious from King. Uh, this match and our next one, we didn't appreciate Jim Ross, man. He he could make any other shit seem important. When How they... great was he on this finish, by the way? JR? Those oh. damn Dudleys. Oh. Yeah, dude, it's just <clears throat> fantastic. And, you know, it's King, of course, just, ah, a concussion. <laughs> ah. It's like, all right, we get it. But Christian, since he's the, the man of the hour, like, he could take their offense and make it just look devastating. He yeah. specifically, him and Bob Roode are like the two people that, um, that like tailbone driver, the Bubba bomb that Bubba does. They just made that look like they like, you know, fell out of a building. They, they would make that yeah. look just so devastating. And um, yeah, it's, it's a 10 minute, really hot tag match. That's just built upon built upon the foundations of what tag team wrestling, especially in that era was the, mm-hmm. The referee's distracted, so the the yeah. good guy gets the tag and he doesn't see it, and then he fights back, and then reversals. It, it's it's just a lot of fun and um, a very solid. You know, I I appreciate where you're coming from in this in terms of like 
you know, trying to cover one of the ladder matches or tables matches would be like talking about Razor and Sean at 10. It's like, what, what yeah. else is there left to say? Mm. So it's good to find something like this. Be like, see, I'm sure you can find matches on Raw and SmackDown that were good like this with the Hardys and whatnot. But it's um, it's a good example because that that's a weird show in general. It's regarded as like one of the greatest Rumble matches ever. The title matches, bad guy, bad guy. So like it's the, yeah. the build to it was kind of weird. And then... Yeah, I forgot this match is on it because I just remember the undercard being the ladder match for the IC title, and then uh, they do some like horrendous angle with China where she gets stretchered out because she she broke her neck or something. So mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised by this match and really um, would now use it in turn to recommend to people, and uh, all four shined. It's just it's it always stands out to me when we when we kind of look at the um, the all time teams, right? Like they don't have many opportunities to have matches like this on a stage like this. Again, I have no doubt they had a bunch of these as like house show loops. They're pretty, you know, co-mained a lot of them and stuff, but it's just, it's interesting to me. Oracle, this struck me kind of structurally as something that would, that would pop you very much. Um, they didn't have a ton of time, but as Alex said, they, they packed in. Everything was just executed mm-hmm. spot on. Um, really strong match. Oracle. What did you make of it? Yeah. Uh, I've always liked this match. I loved this match uh, when I was a kid at the time, like, because I was a big Dudley's fan, and I remember, of course, you know, we got Rumble 01, and, like, that whole show was incredible. And, like, I just remember, like, vividly watching that whole show from beginning to end, and, like, this show, or this this match was a great opener. And, of course, over the years, you know, I've, I've learned to like it as, as, you know, as, like, a good match itself. Um, Yeah, this, this rules, and just... You know, watching watching Christian specifically, just to watch him see how like I don't even know what the word is, smooth or or, or timing or whatever, but just yeah. the way he like times his bumps, like he always took that great like, especially when the rest of the Dudleys were Bubba would throw him in the air and like you know just plant him basically face plant yeah. him. Um, he always took that bump great. Um, yeah, this rules. They uh they do a really good job of like teasing you know the concerto and they have like a really good setup of like you know just 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 some really strong put together near falls yeah uh, sure. the crowd in New Orleans are just going crazy and Jr is fucking losing his mind for the opener and it fucking <laughs> He's rolls. so great. He does hit uh I forgot that he hits one of the great Jr lines when they do the what's up thing. And he goes down south of the poncha train, which of course yes. is. <laughs> I, I stayed in the poncha train when I went to WrestleMania 30, so I, I popped hard for that. He that was world. incredible, man. He was just, he was incredible for like 20 years, you know? I, yeah. You have to always keep that, like, you know, we'll have our moments for Jim these, Jim these days, but it's like, man, when he was great, he was unmatched. Just incredible. Um, yeah, the concerto, the way they use that for drama was awesome. Um, I like the babyface shine matched the angle and the Dudleys were like mad and were all over them rather than just having a, you know, like a normal babyface shine. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the story was about concussion, man. They had to be aggressive out of the gate, right? Um, one negative, the Dudleys, we're still paying the price for this table's bit. Um, yeah. We're recording this on the heels of a War Games program in which two... Uh, double ring cage matches. The most over person was a table. Um, yeah, still suffering, guys. You know, at some point we we, we didn't need to we need to fix this. But anyway, 
Bobby, what'd you make of that first match? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I didn't know that it wasn't like a stipulation match until you know the entrances started because I didn't look up the card or anything. And uh, I think it's a really good choice because kind of like you said, there's nothing more to say about any of the big uh, gimmick matches. And really good choice to have it open the show as well. Uh, crowd was red hot for the whole thing, like, and uh, that really added to it. I liked uh, Edge doing the spear to counter the 3D. That was cool. And I think the finish was really good, too. I wish they got a little more time. But, uh, you know, all in all, just really good match. And I don't think a lot of people talk about it. And they probably should because, you know, obviously uh, they talk about the big ones. But, like, this is is very good. I think it shows what the guys could do with something. Again, I'm going to use that word. I know it's cliche. But I think it shows what they could do with something more traditional. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, this match could have played at any time. Again, I'm going to say a lot for tonight because I think it's important and it speaks to kind of the kind of wrestler he is. Um, I do kind of like Oracle. You know, you're a big, big list guy. You know? uh, In about four years, you'll be compiling your greatest wrestler ever, uh, Ballot. When you think tag teams all time, is it hard for Edge and Christian to get a lot of love due to their a? Lack of longevity as a team. Obviously, they've had incredible longevity as single stars, but the team was a short run, relative. But B, do you think they got too few opportunities to have matches like this one compared to yeah, other great teams? That, that's their main. That's the main argument against them. I mean, like even like something like because I was just thinking, there's like a there's a judgment that the opener Judgment Day 2000 is a trios match with them and Kurt Angle versus Kevin uh, yeah. Rikishi. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also like a great five second post segment at the start um yeah. hope like uh y'all enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that one yep yeah because <laughs> yeah, because they're in louisville kentucky um and uh yeah they just they don't get the opportunities um you know the attitude era was a lot i mean even this era where there was a lot of good tv wrestling like a lot of it was like edge and christian and, and benoit versus jericho and the dudleys in the six-man tag Mm-hmm. Or like you know, Edge, Edge and Christian, uh, with Team Triple H against Austin in the APA or something, you know, yeah. Or like they had that like just blazing hot tag match against The Rock and Undertaker one time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where that was, but that you know that was the height of fucking Biker Taker. Yeah, that was like, that was like still dragged a good match out of him. Yeah, that was the end. Of, is is that the no no? It's not the one because. There was a Raw I was at that aired on Christmas that was obviously taped before that has Rock versus Taker where Rikishi comes back and kick and beats and kicks them both and like knocks them out or whatever. My God. Because um, I was thinking brother. that wasn't on that show, no. Because Edge and Christian, I think, teamed with – I think they teamed with Angle on that show and like a six-man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's It's been 22 years. Um, but Do you remember when Edge and Christian and Angle were feuding with Too Cool – and on SmackDown, like, Too Cool was about to do their dance. And then Edge and Christian Angle, like, knocked him out of the ring and hijacked the dance segment. And, like, it was the Too Cool music with the Too Cool lighting. But Angle was in the middle with, on his hands and knees. And Edge and Christian were on either side of him doing the five-second pose thing. That sounds amazing. I, 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 I remember, like, the feud. But I don't remember that segment. But that sounds amazing. It's art. Sounds tremendous. Is because I think the important thing to note is before we move on, I don't think any of us doubt what Edge and Christian could have done in like a twenty-five minute, two yeah. out of three falls, whatever it may be, right? Like a you know, 
I'm going to eat just for the sake of arguments, like an 80s tag. You know, if you if you slide them in as like if you frame the Hardys and Edge and Christian as the Rock and Roll and the Midnight Express, and you give them the chance to have that kind of match, there's no doubt that it killed it, right? Like they'd have had an incredible match, but I don't know yeah. if any of those. Oh, what's it? Even when they were trying to have a match like that, like I remember Edge and Christian, they weren't really over yet, and the Hardys were just getting like just getting like a really big push. They had a match at No Way Out 2000 where they go like 15 minutes, and it's pretty good. But like, yeah, I'm sure. But but like, it's it's peak attitude, and the and the crowd's like, eh, we don't really want to see this, so the crowd didn't want to see it. Yeah, I mean, King of the Ring '99, they had a straight up tag match. The two those two teams that was good, and like. They were like workshopping these matches they would film like before heat. I remember basically seeing Edge and Christian versus the Hardys on MTV like a dozen times. Like in nineteen ninety nine, where they just like were guaranteed they WF guaranteed them just X amount of programming hours. And it would Mm -hmm. be these matches where the arenas were like half full and people were still filing in where like it's a straight tag match, (laughs) but they're doing all this crazy shit. And yeah, that I had never thought of it in those terms, but you're exactly right. They were never given opportunities like the Hardys and the Dudleys were to have straight tag matches. It's like part of it is it's is a good example. And the reason I bring it up is again, it's not a slight on the guys. It's just it's a good example of how you know the creative, the circumstances, everything can affect a guy's match catalog. Right? Mm-hmm. There are guys that we love from yesteryear who will get the knock on them of. They don't have many classic matches. It's like, well, brother, if they wrestled 20 minute matches on TV like everyone else does now, they'd have a bunch of them. Like it was, yeah. things change, you know, that's, that, that's kind of the, uh, <coughs> the people the, weren't the clamoring for 15 minute Yokozuna matches. He was there to do what he could right. do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd have been a journey, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? Hour no. two of Raw, Yoko getting in there. Fucking Yoko working genetically for 18 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you said that yeah. I gotta get my joke in. You said the tables thing, and it just made me laugh because we're talking about the Dudleys. And that rise and fall of ECW documentary is one of my like favorite Vince moments that just epitomizes Vince. And more importantly, like Vince never watched ECW, he didn't know what the fuck it was. And like right. just his thought on it, he, when he talks about signing the Dudleys, he goes, and that had to be devastating. I mean, the Dudleys were ECW, Devon, get the tables and all that. It's just like that's that's all he thought that shit was. Was just people taking out tables. Let's do it. <laughs> when when in reality it was like Bubba Ray Dudley, you know, saying some horribly awful things to a yeah. He was a monster in ECW. If Vince had man. seen that, Bubba Ray would have got the title. He'd be like, hey, Bubba, look at this guy. He gets yeah. it. Hell of a run with Austin, brother. Hell of a run. Um, <clears throat> I do want to quickly before we move on give a shout out to. We mentioned the concussions thing kind of in jest because obviously it's fucking insane. But credit to him, the cutoff spot is a blind shot, you know, it's the back of the head, right, from from Christian the Air. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right, I guess is the point to make with that. But um, let's move forward here. Good. It's the concussion show. Remember a couple of years after this, they did the thing where Orton was wrestling Triple H with a concussion and Orton would just, like, hold the ropes and, like, stare off like he was about to throw up. It's like, dog. I have not seen that. I don't need to. No, you don't. <laughs> in fact, the guy we're talking about today is the only guy that got a great match out of that failed babyface run of Randy Orton in 2005. Christian yeah. wrestled Orton on a London Raw. It was somewhere yeah. over there where we were at, Joe. And uh, yeah. they, they had like 20 minutes on Raw. But yeah, that if you can believe it, a very young Randy Orton did not make a good babyface. Yeah. 
Um, I, you know, for on another show, we'll discuss the other elements at play there. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> your point. Um, nonetheless, let's jump ahead a couple of years now. We had 2003, September 29th, 2003, specific Monday Night Raw main event spot, the aforementioned IC title on the line, a ladder match. This is our only ladder match, but it's one I hadn't seen, right? Alex, you suggested it. Mm-hmm. Um, Best you can. I know you kind of spoke about it earlier, like in, in broad strokes, but Alex, just set the scene of kind of, you know, where we're at here for Christmas, the main event and a singles match, and then feel free to get into the match itself, pal. Go ahead. <laughs> Going to make a lot of people mad with this one. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh, no, so Christian, when when Stone Cold, when, when some jackass got rid of it, he brought back the IC title. Christian won a battle Royal at judgment day, 2003 to get it. And then he showed up with like the cut hair and the new gear and everything. Cause he, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he feuded with Booker T. Uh, they traded it and then Christian got it back. But basically the, the point of this is Christian had it for almost the entire summer and like going into the fall. So Christian had had this belt for a while. So he's cheating to win. It was a match that I can't remember if it was two weeks out. They announced it. They were building to it. And like, Chicago's obviously now become like this mythicized crowd, but this was back before the days of like WWE milking every fucking thing that they could from every show. So they would just have shows in Chicago and they always felt like a bigger deal because the crowd was always hot and they are fucking just molten for this match, man. And, uh, you know, RVD was going after it and they did a good job of building this to make it seem like, you know, the intercontinental title was important again. And so RVD was going to be, the, you know, the guy to not only be the heel champion, but RVD is the guy people want to see. Uh, yeah. I think there was this like, not even subconscious, but just like, uh, like just <laughs> acceptance that you know, as long as Triple H is here, RVD is never going to be the top guy. But uh, so we come into Chicago, and you can just tell, like, I watched the, I. You can find this match in its entirety on the one of a kind Rob Van Dam two DVD set. But I actually pulled a, I pulled this up on the network because I wanted to watch the commercial that led into it and the match. And like, I'm fucking getting chills just thinking about it now, man. Some of these, there was that fallout of the invasion thing, but before they chose Cena and Batista and went in that new direction. There are some really special things that happen on pay-per-views and Monday Night Raws in like 02 and 03 and 04. Mm-hmm. And like this match starts and you come back and RVD's music hits, the lights go up, like the crowd rises and Jim Ross just, and we are back in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. And it's just like, it's, it feels like a big fucking deal. And then RVD comes out, does his thing. Christian comes out. Whew, the gas was flowing, brother. Christian, I've never seen him with his chest that wide, dude. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so that's kind of the lead into it. The idea was, yeah, we're gonna main event Raw and have this guy vanquish the bad guy. And this, uh, I I don't know the backstory to this. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of them really would recall. But like, you can tell, <laughs> Raw goes off the air less than thirty seconds after the match is over. Yeah, and like, you know, they're both kind of walking the ring at a brisk pace, but like. You can tell, like, shortly into the match, they're like, we have all these spots we want to get in, so we're going to get them in one way or the other. And so, like, it works to the match because, again, and I think Oracle can probably, all of y'all can back me up on this, there's nothing more frustrated than ladder matches that get too much time that result in people, ugh. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. Like, and so the urgency of this kind of works in its favor. But 
I love this match. I think it's a really special, like I would, I would honestly put this in like in top five raw matches ever. And like, you know, one of the other ones I realized was just two months after this, the one of triple H and Sean's only good matches, that title match they had in San Antonio. But Mm -hmm. I think the crowd's on fire. Jim Ross gives a really special call in this match. The way he just builds up Rob Van Dam about like, you know, his credentials. And I've always said he's the, the greatest wrestler not to win the, the WWF championship. And when he pulls it down at the end, the crowd is just electric. And Jim Ross is bandam, bandam. And it's one of those matches, too, where um, I love when Jerry Lawler, and it's sad that we can tell just based on his performance, but when he gets into a match, because, you know, he shows up to work all the time. Oh no! Oh, oh no! He's on fire too. Just I oh, know. Just look on like fire. He, he doesn't look like bit. he's coming back either. This happened before the show. It'll be okay. He'll be, he'll be back, folks. <laughs> so that was me talking about Jerry the King Lawler on one of these programs, all right? Yeah, that's what happens. You know, he's back. He's back. Sorry, I was losing Jerry my Lawler. shit too hard. Oh, redlining red the mic. But yeah, Lawler doesn't show up to really fucking work. So when he actually gets excited about matches, that's so like entertaining as a fan. And by the end of this, he's really into it. And um, it just felt like a special match. And the other things I called out is like, there's some insane spots in this match. Like RVD does the, the somersault over the top rope onto the ladder. Mm-hmm. He does the frog splash onto the ladder. That's like, he lands at a perpendicular angle on it. It's like, dude, why would you do that to yourself? Shit's fake. And um, the last one was, I don't know if this is the only match he did it in in the WWF, but one of RVD's spots in ECW was the, he would do the military press, drop the guy and then backflip onto him. And he does that in this match. Cause I imagine when he first got, he might've done it one of the Jeff Hardy matches. Cause I just imagine when he got there and did a military press, Triple H or Stone Cold was just like, that's not going to work, brother. You need to knock that shit off. So the fact that he busted it out here was great. It's just RVD is tremendous in this match. And then Christian also gives like this. He's in the situation of, you know, I've cheated to keep it so long, but I don't want to lose it. So he's desperate in his own way. Like it's I think this match is just very special. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it, Joe. There's a lot of good wrestling I haven't watched, you know, but that's you fair. have to. Uh... You know, as Bob knows, you have to loop the wrestling areas you do like over and over and over again, right? So anyway, we so anyway, we do this thing, man. I still got ninety two Saturday nights to you know, to recap. Here's what it is. Um, <laughs> I just love, I love the way you record that because, you know, clearly, I hadn't seen the match, and and it's not a match that he talks about like a bunch personally. I, you know, but I think one of the coolest things about wrestling TV is this idea, and folks, bear with me here. We could be somewhat cynical on this show, but seriously, one of the great things about wrestling TV is that on any given week, maybe, just maybe, something magical is going to happen, you know? And there are title changes that were not as well built to as this, that were not as important as this, that in the moment at least felt magical. And it's just, it's it's a great, it's one of my favorite things at wrestling television, and it makes such a special is, yeah, this week sucked, but you never know. Maybe something crazy happens next week. And uh, I think as you were kind of recalling memories of this and watching this and loving this, it's like that's what came to my mind. Bobby, what did you make of uh, the Raw main event here from O3? 
Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, Alex did a good job uh, setting up with the presentation, how it made it feel like a big deal. And that stuff obviously matters quite a bit. Uh, crowd was great. Um, RVD, you know, doing the drop kick uh, to get Christian off the ladder when he's about to grab the title. Uh, just drop kick the whole ladder over. Incredible spot. And uh, yeah, I, again, I like that it wasn't too long either. Like it gave him a chance to kind of get everything in without, you know, extending it for much longer than it needed to be. And uh, just a really good match. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I kind of forgot about it. Like I've seen it, obviously, uh, when it happened. I've probably watched it back since then. But uh, it's one that's good to go back to because it's not talked about, like you said, super often. And uh, it really should be because it's excellent. It's always a special thing to the IC belt. Like I'm not a big ladder match guy, but the IC belt will be forever connected to it, right? Like, I mean, we mentioned WrestleMania 10 earlier. Like mm. that's just that's easy. You that will always feel a certain way to wrestling fans. Um, watching it to it me, was, it, sure, it felt like Christian said to Van Dam, "What's the craziest shit you can do? Let's put a ladder in it." That's why it felt to me. But <laughs> go ahead, Alex, carry on. So bad. <laughs> well, he did the. He has the. I laughed just because you know Jim Ross noises. He did the slingshot into the ladder with his head and Jim Ross was, oh, God, Jason. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah a few years ago WB.com did a story or like a thing of like the 25 greatest intercontinental title matches in raw history and this was number one and I remember just like I always thought this was like you know my match that type of thing mm-hmm. so some people enjoy it it's so I, I guess we're here to do the work and get the word out it does have a very high rating on the uh, you know our friend at cage match our friends at Cage Mesh. So it's not, not just one person, as far as I know. Um, maybe that would make things more acceptable if it was, actually, said Pomphal. But anyway, <laughs> the Oracle of Wrestling. What did you think, Chief? Yeah, this this uh, this match rules. Uh, I remember when it happened. Uh, it was always cool, like, when you would get, like, because especially during this era, and, and, and I know Alex can, can certainly attest for this. Um, this was, like, Triple H Reign of Terror. So, like, when he didn't end the show... And like somebody else got to end the show. This was like, you know, dude, this is great this... especially with like a wrestling match, you know, like you're like, <laughs> or a fucking ladder match on Raw. I was like, oh shit. Like, dude, this was the show where Triple H was out hurt and did the thing where he said he would pay anyone $100,000. He wasn't going to be on TV, but he was still going to be the main event program. And so he was probably. <laughs> That's probably why fucking Van Dam did the military press because Triple H wasn't there and Paul, you know, at home flipped over the table. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm now thinking about that uh, Mark Henry Goldberg match that I actually like uh, that happened a few weeks after this. Might, you know, might be relevant Henry. next month, Chief. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, this rules. Like, the commentary, the crowd... Um, just like the crazy shit they would do and like i don't know there's there's a way that they pace it because you know they do all this crazy yeah. stupid shit now but like it's always multi-person ladder matches and they and like there's one there's only one time where they take a minute to set it up and that's when christian like sets up the ladder on the barricade mm-hmm. that's it there's like it's like because like every ladder match now is multi-person so it takes them like you know three yeah, and it's more intricate well, and that's the thing with this. The ending is super contrived, but when it happens, it feels like, oh, mm-hmm. like yeah. the way like there's the two ladders and he has to fall on the one to go up to jump off. And it's like, that's right. some complicated shit, but they pull it off because, you know, it's the whole thing. They set it up instead of now where you would set it up and then do it. They set it up five, seven moves beforehand so that like when right. you get to it, it makes sense. That's exactly, you know, it's just it's about like putting it. It's just about like placing the spots in the right 
And it also comes from guys who probably, you know, actually know how to work, unlike most people now. Um, but All right. Now, now, now look. <laughs> we cannot – look, I know there's a lot of love for Bob Van Dam. i got love for Bob. But we can't do the, like – Old head thing with Bob. We can't do it, man. We can't sit <laughs> and be like, I was, I was, I was the uh, boys was... back in the olden days would sell, you know, Rob Van Dam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's a yeah. he's the prime example of like, there's too many people that want to be him and can't do what yes. he can do. And right. RVD was great at being RVD. He did it for 25 years and is still doing it. And God bless him yes, for it. Yes. He's an outlier. Like, I, I, yeah. it's not a knock on. I'm, I'm, be I'm, I'm, I'm being performative, okay? Yeah. But the, no really? <laughs> but never. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this 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 world, like, just I don't know that spot that 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 Bobby pointed out, the drop kick to the ladder. Christian takes this great bump. Like, it looks both crazy, like. If you don't pay attention to it, it looks like this insane bump, and it is an insane bump because he could tear his knee up. But like, sure. you can see how like he actually like safely like puts his hands down, mm-hmm. but it still looks awesome. He like recoils like, off it like he got shot. It's awesome. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Like, and of course, he's already got a busted lip from something else earlier, so it looks like, yeah, and it's the first time you ever get a good look at it. So like, it looks like him hitting the ladder is like what caused his lip to bust. So I don't know. It's just one little thing that kind of popped me, but. Yeah, this match is great. The finish was always awesome because RVD, when he would do the five-star from the top of the ladder, was always nuts because I'm thinking, man, how did the ladder, like, never, like, slip out from underneath him, you mm-hmm. know? He's lucky he didn't have, like, a Smoky Mountain ladder or something. Like, if you've ever seen the Tracy Brothers Chris Tendito ladder match from 94, it's, like, the worst ladder ever. They're, like, you know, risking their lives to have this ladder match. It's um, one of the few times you'll ever find in a match too where RVD really like reads the crowd and plays off of it. Like that thing where he right. gets on the ladder and he goes to the one rung and then like looks at the crowd and, and then They're goes so up. so hot, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not it, like we just were talking about. RVD is just like, all right, I got one, two, and three. Let's do that. Yeah. And this is a moment where he really just like acknowledges like what's going on and really milks the moment and it makes it great. It's fucking awesome, man. Absolutely. Yeah, a rule. Here it is. Oracle, what's the best IC title match in the history of Raw? <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know, man. Bobby? Yeah. Um, um, this one's up there. Uh, the Eddie Van Dam ladder match is up there. There you go. Um, those are really the two that pop up immediately. I'm not trying to be funny at all. Wade Barrett and Dolph Ziggler had like an all That match rule. Oh, that match fucking ruled. 2014, yeah. yeah. That was good yeah. too. Dolph yeah. was a killer, man. I'm telling you, this is what I'm talking about. Don't talk about it enough. He was a problem. Eddie and RVD's Ro- Roman, match was... Roman and Cesaro had a great SE title match in 2017. Like a really okay. <laughs> like, title we... match? Yeah. I forgot. I thought you were kidding. Yeah, yeah. Roman did have the IC title because they had to get every belt on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When? 2017. Fucking rolls, dude. Roman has well, a bunch of matches in that period. When was uh, this? Like in like when in the year was this? This is between. This is like this time of year. It was like between Survivor Series and Rumble. It was between Survivor Series seventeen and Rumble twenty eighteen. Yeah, because he lost it to uh, Miz yeah. at the twenty fifth anniversary Raw. Yeah. Yes, that was a big match uh, on that show. He lost to Miz on the twenty fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that match was good, actually. Believe it or not. But- <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. still, man, come on. Well, I, I thought Roman Reigns was the best wrestler in the world in 2017. 
I wasn't laughing at the Roman part. I'm I was laughing at him. Were you, you only know, watching you know, Roman Reigns matches? Like, come on, dude. No, I'm dead serious. Yes, here we go. All right. Wait, hang on a second. Alex, have you got your ballot on hand there for 2017, brother? I can, well, what what scale of cancellation are we judging on here? Are they in prison? There, no, there was a former UFC fighter who's now okay. in the World Wrestling Federation that was right. an incredible oh, wrestler. he's in a different oh, kind of prison. He was in my top five that year. He's in my top five that year, dude. AJ Styles, come on. Uh, I thought uh, AJ was also in my top five, top ten, but I would have Roman above AJ. Tim Brock Thatcher. also. <laughs> well, Tim's always, you know, God, God bless that boy, man. His hairline's dude. working harder than he is oh, these days, but tremendous, uh, dude. Brock, Brock's twenty seventeen was unreal, but obviously, like the Braun Roman, match hurt him for me. Like that match. That, was well, so I was about to say if he hadn't had that match. Yeah. His 2017 would be remembered as like some you know fucking Misawa '94 yeah. type shit, but uh, but you know, but you probably didn't like the Braun matches as much as I did. I thought those matches were like I thought the match with Roman worked the whole match with, with sell like with one arm was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did not like those the fucking ambulance match at Great Balls of Fire. Just none of that it. shit worked for me. So, it. but you were also there live, and it might have been annoying when they were like brawling around and shit. I don't know. Yeah, and I was also. I took an edible that was way too strong, and that's the match I was coming down during. So that, that probably has something to do with it. Bob, have you got your uh, extensive year in review there of 2017 just before we move on? I don't want to leave this thing kind of uncovered, you know? No, I don't have a 2017 one. You don't? Oh, no. Big fan. Here we go. Here's how we make Oracle mad. You know who had a better 2017 than Roman Reigns? Ooh. Pete Dunn. Oh, I think that uh, made me mad. You know, I had, <laughs> I, I, the funny thing is, I oh. think I... Hold on, Gunner Miller. I would, (laughs) um, but the funny thing is, I think I had Pete Dunn like my number two. (laughs) All right, this guy's carrying this show. Fuck this. All right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Act two, (laughs) Pentagon Junior. Act two. Do you know the Oracle took Pentagon like sick for our draft this year? Alex? Honestly, one honestly, of the best moments of the year. The, the funny thing is, Alex has that. I may have had Pete Dunn at one. I have to. I have to look by my left. I don't have my list in front of me. But he had go, a good go year, ahead. dude. He was. He was He's on English. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oh, God, yeah. There's. I keep thinking of people. And I'm like, nope, not putting them over publicly. Um, so, <laughs> I guess. The, but yeah, Pentagon yeah. gets the nod for that year because he. Uh, worked everybody in CZW and said he wouldn't do light tubes and then went out and had that fucking insane bloodbath with uh, Matt yeah. Tremont. So he gets yeah. the nod. Onita gets the nod because he worked CZW out of like 40 grand that year. There you go. That's fair. Stay tuned for the announcement for our 2017 year in review program. <laughs> we do sort of round table panel. It's the last great year in wrestling. Yeah, look back. Apparently so. All right. Act two. We head now to the land of total nonstop action. A very special time in Christian Cage's career. Of course, the guys have mentioned the <laughs> <laughs> the guys have mentioned the John Cena program, the kind of an infamous end to his run in WWE. He bet on himself; he wanted to prove he could be a top guy. He would do so in TNA. We hop to lockdown two thousand six. So this is what five months into his run, right around there. Yes, um, six. The maybe first five. time yeah. in this process that we see him as a babyface. And he isn't just a babyface here. He is old school fighting champion babyface. 
He is the NWA World Champion, just as God intended. Um, a special time, Alex. I feel it would be unfair for me to go to anyone else and just asking, you know, this act, this is really what gets you. I mean, there's other stuff that's fun for you, but this is the one, right? Yeah. Act two. Tell us about it kind of broad, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into the individual pieces. Go ahead, pal. When Joe hit up the group chat of like, what TNA matches should we do? I was like, literally that Kermit the Frog GIF where he's just like going to town on his fucking keyboard. But uh, all right. So he shows up for Genesis. And I can't remember who his first match was. So we, it needs to be talked about for us old school TNA heads and like uh, people that were following it like religiously at the time. Christian's arrival was kind of bittersweet because it was the, the end of Monty Brown. And that was kind of like the first he beat Monty Brown to get the title shot at the pay-per-view the next month. And then Monty went on to, he had one of the matches a year in 2006 still, but he was, he was relegated to the mid card from that point on. And anyone that's followed me on Twitter, listen to me talk or, you know, tuned into our TNA draft. I think Monty Brown should have been one of the biggest stars in wrestling. And I think he's one of the great missed opportunities of the last 25 years. But so that's the kind of bittersweet part of Christian's arrival. It's just like we only have room for so many people type thing. But it's still Christian coming in and proving he is who we thought he was. Like that was awesome. And then that whole thing of like they immediately put the title on him and it didn't seem weird or out of place. He had a banger with Jarrett. And then they did that fucking awesome thing to end the show where they just pulled the guardrail back and all the crowd, the crowd bum rushed the ring and they all picked Christian up on their shoulders. And yeah. again, I'm getting fucking chills thinking about it. Like, cause I remember like we, we'd like torn to that pay-per-view the next day or something. We were all watching it. It was like losing our shit. And, like the pay-per-view ends with Christian with the belt, you know, pointing at the camera. It's great. Um, and uh, it was kind of the thing of like, it, and I'm talking real time perspective because obviously impact is what it is and became what it became. But like when Christian came there, it felt like, okay, this could be like the thing to make people take it seriously because it's not another fucking, it's not Raven. It's not someone who was at like yeah. the end of their career coming over. It's someone who was still a hot star and just like months ago feuding with fucking John Cena coming over to the company. Untapped potential mm -hmm. too, right? He was yes. like, people thought he deserved more and now he would get it. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. So he comes over and there's still all those things there. There's still AJ Styles, there's Abyss, there's all this. So, man, it was it was cooking and smoking for a while. That year of 2006 just felt, and Oracle and I have talked about this before, culminating in that Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which was their first pay-per-view on the road outside of Florida. That whole 2006 just felt like Ascension. It felt like a roller coaster that just wasn't going to fucking go down. And mm -hmm. so this match we're getting into here was uh, Christian's big match that, like, if y'all can believe it, before Twitter, there still was, like, a Mecca, a WBF Mecca, in the sense of, like, on the forums, people were saying, like, oh, they just put the belt on him, and uh, he hasn't had any, like, blow-away matches that would make you think that he's, you know, what people think he is and that the WWE missed the boat on this guy. And so this match was like the one that just like blew it fucking all up and gave people like me all the ammunition to say, this is the shit they were missing out on. This is who this guy could be for them. And so he's mm -hmm. going to be this guy for TNA. So the angle was he moved off of Jarrett because Jarrett was feuding with Sting. But it was like one of those things of like in TNA for that moment in time, everyone kind of interacted with each other. And Alex Shelley's thing was like he had the video camera because he filmed his matches to like study them. And so James Mitchell, 
Christian wouldn't give Abyss a match because he didn't earn it or whatever. So yeah. then James Mitchell grabbed Alex Shelley and he's like, come record this shit. And it was him like stalking fucking Christian's wife. And then they go to his house and try to drown him and all this crazy shit. <laughs> and then like it, <laughs> pro wrestling 101, you know, Dusty Rhodes yeah. getting his arm slammed in a car door type shit. And uh, the funniest part is like <laughs> Christian's in his street clothes just coming home, you know, getting the dry cleaning. And then Abyss is there in full gimmick and James Mitchell's just standing in his yard. <laughs> like, ah, we're here to get you. And so Christian eventually takes the match, but it's like super serious. And they tried to do the interview before the match. You know, Christian, your thoughts defending the title. And he does the thing where he just shoves the microphone out of the way. And, um, you know, lockdown is TNA would claim to be one of their smarter ideas. And it's like, okay, this is the only one that like this show felt like a statement show. And like every match on it is solid to great. And the war game style match they do after this is good. And Joe and Sabu have a fun little match. And, um, but this was like the, the keystone of it, the centerpiece. And so I guess I'll just get into my thoughts on the match. Yeah, Uh, go ahead. It's great because even though there's the cage there, Abyss is like, fuck this. And he goes to wait in the tunnel and Christian comes out and bowls him over. And like my first note was Christian throws some just incredible punches at him at the beginning of this match. When he like, you know, he comes out and it's one of those things of accidents make things better because he kind of like trips at first. But that's Mm -hmm. like what a real fight would look like. And so he trips and he gets on top of him and just starts like throwing these fucking insane punches. And then they just go into this, you know, what would eventually become the staple of TNA where you brawl up the one side and then you come down the other. (laughs) Uh, But like, it's just a great brawl. They get back in the ring. There's kind of like this flipped uh, psychology of a cage match because he's finally got the, bad guy in there but then abyss is just beating the shit out of him and like raking his face against the cage and eventually christian has to figure out how to overcome it and in the end it's like um you know the weapons that he wants to use end up backfiring on him it's just a really simple story but then christian wants to inflict more damage so he does the splash off the top of the cage and the unprettier on the thumbtacks which is an awesome visual and uh the only negative in this was the ref. I don't remember who the ref was. Takes a wild clothesline. I think it was from Abyss, and then fucking Slick Johnson comes in, and I forgot they had a ref with a gimmick at the time, and I was just like, uh. yeah. "TNA isn't all you know rose tinted glasses for a reason." That type of thing. But Christian eventually wins, and then they continue the program. But like this match is just, uh, you know, coming into this, I thought that K- the ladder match with RVD was like my favorite, but. Th- this match is just fucking perfect. Like mm-hmm. for what I want out of wrestling, this is as like kind of good as it can get. And Bob, I know you're a a big fan of uh, the match Abyss had the year before with AJ at Lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I think these two back to back performances for Abyss that was another thing of like, yeah, this guy's like really really good. And you know, it's not just all the big good men working WWE that type of thing. It's this guy has a good character and the way he works is fantastic and he can do it with just about anybody. But yeah, if you cannot tell, I, I absolutely adore this match and think it's, um, it's one of Christian's best outings. And that's saying a lot for me. Bobby, as Alex mentioned, you are famously a, a Stan of the monster abyss. You, uh, I believe you listen alongside Ronda Rousey on your Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Strong company. What did you make of this one, pal? Yeah, no, I, I do love Abyss. He's great. Um, I really liked how they, uh, you know, did a lot of the fighting before they got in the cage, especially when you see the video package before. Like, it's obviously very personal. They're not going to wait until they get in the cage. Yeah. Kind of have basically a whole match, like, you know, around the arena before they even get in the cage, which really popped me as well. And then once they get in there, you know, you get Christian doing the frog splash off the top. You get, you know, thumbtacks, more thumbtacks, just everything you could really want from either of these guys and you know christian prevailing as well just kind of vanquishing the big monster and stuff it's it's good wrestling man the cutoff or the transition into the ring is incredible right with the cage door being swung yes christian christian's a really interesting bumper because he's not a guy who's like like i wouldn't describe him as like an explosive got like bump got taker but he's He's so perfect in the way he executes it that he can convince you he's explosive. You know what I mean? Like he's, he does stuff with such perfect execution. There's a snap to it, even though he's not like this electric athlete or anything in there. Um, that's how I really start watching these. That bump was great. It's kind of a throwback, right? Like in terms of the philosophy behind it and psychology, there's some new tools in there, like, you know, the thumbtacks and the, the frog special top. But at core, it's a tower's oldest time. Oracle, what did you make of the cage match? Yeah, this uh, this this match rules. Uh, this is another one of the TNA shows I I was able to watch live. My uncle my uncle ordered it, and uh, <clears throat> I was I was definitely into this few because I I remembered because like I didn't watch the video package. I was kind of like skipping through, and and uh, for the show, Alex, Joe, and Joe and Bobby were talking about it, and they're like these they're like the the uh, the build was crazy. They were like trying to drown them and everything. I was like. Wait a minute. I think I recall this. I was like, I'm pretty sure like Alex Shelley and paparazzi were like filming it or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, you, you you were able to verify that because I remember like because I, I at one point they had like the paparazzi were like stalking Sting and his wife like wandering around. Yeah, that's how they got him to come back. It's like Dad Sting at a softball game. Like, come on, Susie. And Alex Shelley's just like. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, this this rules. Um, I always forget about the uh, the super duper, um, uh, sunset flip, which rules. Yeah. Mm. Um, I thought it was cool because like Christopher was like trying to climb the top of the cage, and like Abyss like knocks him, like, like he like throws the ref or whatever into yeah, it, and, yes. like, it, knocks Christian down, and Christian has to like climb back over, and that's a really like unique setup for the for the. Uh, uh, big big sunset flip that they do. I always like that they did like you know the extra thumbtacks. You're like, oh shit, he's bringing more in. But yeah. that was like it. They didn't go. They didn't go any further than that. Like that was the finish. Um, you know they 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 ended it at the at at the uh, perfect time. But um, yeah, this this rule. Um, I again, I would appreciate like like when Bobby pointed out when they like actually like hate each other. And fight, yeah. Instead of like, do fucking collar and elbow tie up after a dude almost crept around in front of his wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to fight. Like, I, I don't know. Um, sometimes... Should have started it by doing the backflips into the ropes and then landing into superhero position oh, yeah. next to each other. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, impression the Oracle offered that was, was sorry. Carry on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this rules. Um, is is their full metal mayhem match any good? Yeah, they had a couple of good matches after this. It's just nothing kind of hit this level. They they yeah. 
for fans of Elizabethtown. They peaked on the phone, as they say. Um, but uh, they never had a bad match. It just wasn't anything as good right. as this. Right. Um, as I was literally about to say it, our pal Matt on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Don West and Mike tonight. <laughs> they have, in both matches, they have some quotes that are like godly. Um, they are great on this. In the next match, they are hysterically funny, which we'll yeah. get to in a moment. Um, but yeah, they are always a blast. So that, that's worth mentioning. I like that him going back up to the top of the cage is like logical. Because while it seems insane, the idea is this is like the only thing he's been able to really put abyss down with was when he did the frog splash. Like, fuck it, I guess we're going to have to go up again and kill him, right? Like, yeah. that, I think that was a nice touch. And while if you kind of laid out someone on paper, it could sound like a too much. It actually, the way it was actually, it made perfect sense. Uh, and obviously, as Oracle said, it transitioned beautifully in that spot. The cage being knocked was great. Um, but yeah, I liked also how Christian, while to Bobby's point, they did the brawl to, to kick it off. You know, Christian was very um, giving here because he's wrestling a monster, right? Like, he, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's the babyface seeking redemption, he can't just eat him up. So even when he made his comeback, it was very, like, stuttered and he kind of, he would get a little bit, Abyss would come back, he would get a little bit. Like, he had to work for his comeback rather than just running for him. So it How was has no one really... stolen the shock treatment, dude? How has no one stolen that move? I know, right? It looks spectacular. Yeah. It looks absolutely spectacular. I, I don't know. People too busy doing the... Uh, Dragon Runner. Yeah, I was, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do that bit. You know, that, we've we've done that bit. You guys have got me guys covered on that bit. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna get involved. In it, you know, rest is for everyone. Right, Bob? Yep, it's true. Factual. All right, let's move ahead now. The following year, not even a year later. I think it's like eleven months. Right, this is March. Um, very different Christian Cage. Still the world's champion, but this is a more familiar Christian Cage in terms of character. Right, he's a heel. Um, <clears throat> up against the little-known wrestler who we have seldom discussed on this program, um, Samoa Joe, who I believe is the fella, um, the guy who used to do Solo Sokoa's stuff. On t- is he that guy, Bob? Do you know? Are you familiar with this fella? I think so. Yeah, he did it in TNA. Oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is a great video package here where, like you get a look at the Joe promos that were ahead because a lot of Joe's promos in this time are him like yelling and screaming. But in this video package, he's like a lot more like the guy that we've, you know, there's kind of become such a great promo in recent years. Um, Christian is fucking awesome. I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a backstage segment with fucking Keiji Muto. Did you guys see this shit? Yeah. It was insane. (laughs) I was like, it's jarring to me. Um, I had no memory of this. And Christian like dunks on him and he's like, we, you know, we're both NWA champs. I'm still in the NWA champ. You know, I'm still relevant if you ever want to. <laughs> it was a wild visual because we're where we're at now. Um, so that was pretty fucking awesome. As I said, great video package. I believe they said this was Joe's first shot at the big belt, right? I think was what they said. Um, this match is fucking awesome. Just tremendous. They have this classic world title open. That pacing that I mentioned earlier. It is just an absolute blast. Oracle. Destination X, 2007, Christian Cage, Samoa Joe, what did you think? Yeah, I've seen this a couple of times now. First time I watched it was like uh, about six, six months to a year ago, and it fucking yeah. rolled. And uh, I was like the early going stuff, because like Christian's like, I don't know, Christian's like trying to like, they really play up like Christian's like scared, but also like wants to prove that he's like, yeah, he's trying to figure know, out his own camp, you know, because you yeah. know, this yeah. is Samoa Joe who was only recently just lost to Kurt Angle, you know. 
And like he's only lost to <clears throat> Angle, you know. Joe's basically, you know, other than that, he's unbeaten. So like, mm-hmm. it's Christian's toughest challenge yet, you know. And and uh, like I, I I just love the kind of like one-upsmanship type, you know, type of shit that they do. And like the spot where Christian is like trying to like outsmart Joe, and Joe just sort of just casually walks away. Yeah, fucking amazing. Um, yeah, this this is this is excellent stuff, man. Like they they really put together the near falls great, and like everything really really they they just go at a great pace. Everything's mapped out so well. Um, it's one of those like quintessential Christian matches where mm-hmm. ace and 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 like timing yeah. and sequences and stuff like that are just done so beautifully and done so well um just just an excellent match i don't care for the finish yes yeah, a lot um, <laughs> not a good finish um they also didn't set it up very well either like no it's just too happened yeah um which i guess in some ways might be better than him like having christian in the hold and then like then it happening and probably mm. would kill the hold more i don't know yeah but, like it was not a good finish, but the match is absolutely excellent and, and yeah. kind of the first sign of how – I mean, Christian could uh, – like if you go back and watch his stuff on like Raw and like the mid-2000s or like some some matches on Impact, whatever, you know, I'm sure he was doing this. But like this is the first match of, of, of at least, you know, the six matches we're watching where he can kind of show his ability to do – to kind of pace that sort of title match and, and – yeah, put his like creativity and and sequences and reversals and counters and, and just kind of the way he thinks. It's, he's, just, it's just smart. It's just really he, good stuff. Maybe the belt is just it feels like it's put in the war of minds, but it really did until the finish got too much. Like it really did feel like an old school world title match. The opening, mm-hmm. especially, you know, um, they do a little walk and brawl, which is like eh, whatever. Like the way that. The shine that he gives Joe, where Joe feels like really, he feels like he's ready to be the champ. Um, with that in mind, quickly, like Tanay and West have a couple of quotes here that popped me, but one thing they did great was they called this like they were there to see the coronation of Samoa Joe, right? Like the idea, like, of course, Joe is going to moment. Joe's incredible. And I've always added great drama to the match because they like almost convince you as you rewatch it. You know what the result is, but they convince you of how they call it. It's, it's just great. Um, Bobby? What did you make of this, Christian and Joe? Yeah, I thought it was great, man. Uh, you know, Joe just kind of kicked the shit out of him the whole time. And, you know, uh, Christian did a great job uh, making him look like a really big, imposing deal, which, I mean, he was at that point, obviously, still. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think Joe probably should have won. The finish kind of was not great. I agree with everyone there. But, like, match itself is very good. And uh, I want to watch their second match uh, sometime in the next few days. I know there's another one at uh, one of the later pay-per-views that's apparently just as good. Or yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. So I prefer this because the, I think the bill adds, like, a certain level of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, the, I'm sorry, Joe. I keep cutting no, you off tonight. Go no, ahead, bro. No, go. Give good. Uh, bro, just go. On that thought, it's the focus in the rematch as good as it is is matt morgan it's mm-hmm. matt morgan's here yeah. and so like 
it's this huge moment and the thing that's built around Matt Morgan. They, they basically try to convince you that Matt Morgan is Mike Tyson at WrestleMania 14. That's yes, basically what right. That's rough. It's, I actually have no problem with Christian winning here. Um, I think the real problem is that Joe doesn't win the belt for another 13 months after this. And if you watch that crowd, like that is an insane conclusion to read. They were ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, and I don't know the rest of the pieces, Alex, you'll be able to speak to there, but watching this, it felt like the perfect first match for then Joe to get Christian eventually and win the belt from Christian in the next coming months. But obviously they go in many different directions and you get what you get, I suppose. Um, Alex, what did you make of it, pal? Well, um, I don't mean to turn this into the, the TNA history show, but you got to speak to it. Christian <laughs> turned heel and formed uh, one of the all-time great wrestling stables in the Christian Coalition. And I apologize. I had to excuse myself to the men's room for a second. So if I'm repeating any points, you're good. All right, but I'm fired. No up one else Christian. mentioned the Christian Coalition, brother. You're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it was the heel stable of Christian is the leader. Tomko is the gun. Uh, AJ is like the little scrappy dude, uh, you know, butch for you, you young fans. And then um, you had Scott Steiner in there as like the fucking loose cannon. And these guys were incredible together. And Tyson Tomko, you know, I've been told he had some good tag work in Japan. I don't believe it. Uh, but like <laughs> him and Christian were just fucking money together. There's those guys yeah. every once in a while that either across from each other or with each other have count. The example I always use is like, there's no reason John Morrison and Sheamus should have had good matches, but they had great matches. And this uh-huh. is an example of like, Tomko, a stiff like that, and Christian, a big goof like that, <laughs> they shouldn't work as well as they do, but they do. So, like, I remember people were bitching that Tomko got brought in. I was like, I don't care. I'm glad they're back together. So, the Christian Coalition was just this absolute group of lunacy, like, that were, you know, try- pretty much unironically funny in the sense that Christian was just obsessed with keeping the title. If we do that, that's fine. Tomko and Steiner hated each other, they always argued. AJ was always just upset. Him and Tomko were the tag team, and AJ was obsessed with impressing Christian. Even he would like find out what color Christian's gear was going to be for the next show, and he would show up wearing the same color gear. It was he was like basically like Dwight, you know, from The Office. And um, it needs to be called out since we're talking about two things. One, it results in one of the all-time great promos in professional wrestling history. When I think it's after Christian retains the belt. And Tom Konejia win the tag titles. I think that's the context because they're celebrating backstage and they're all drinking champagne and having a good time. And Scott Steiner is standing on a table, like in between oh, all yes. of them. And yeah. it cuts to them. And like the idea is they're kind of partying and having a good time. And Scott Steiner proceeds. Oh, oh no. Oh my God. What a cliffhanger. All right. We're back at it here. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Scott Steiner <laughs> proceeds to say, quote, do you remember Hirojima? Do you remember when Pearl Harbor bombed the Germans? Woo, it's D-Day all over again. And, and he proclaims this as he's holding his glass of champagne high. It's <laughs> one of the more insane things you'll ever see. And then also, you know, talking about Christian being actually funny. I remember, I don't remember the context of this. Is that does the Impact <laughs> streaming service literally have every episode of the TV show? I don't know. Before it didn't. It was pay per views and it had a ha- it had like some of the years. I think it has these years though, so it may have it. It may. So there was some 
something where like I think I don't know the context. Christian costs Tomko a match or something. Tomko shows up and he's mad and he's looking everywhere in the impact zone for Christian to find him. And um, he goes into an office and there's no one in it except there's one person sitting at a table that has a newspaper in front of their face like this. And he goes up and he swats it down and it's Christian, but he has the hood of a hoodie pulled over it and aviators on. And he's just like, not me. <laughs> it's like, This is in that era where Joe or Oracle, have you ever seen that clip of Kurt Angle where he beats up Shark Boy because Shark Boy wouldn't yes. stop smiling at him because he has yes. the mask on with the big, and he's like beating the shit out of him. He's like, quit smiling at me. <laughs> Teenage rules, guys. But um, getting to this match here, uh, this it's every time I watch this, it um, having recently rewatched Warrior Joe, you can appreciate this. It's the scene where Nick Nolte wants the ending of Moby Dick to be different, and that's me yes. every time I watch this match because he lost to Kurt Angle, and that was like that was hard to accept. But then they built this match up. And he gets his mania entrance, man. Like Joe gets the big entrance and everything. And they do the, mm-hmm. the shtick where the uh, X division guys come out to like stand up for Joe. And it's just like, he just should have won. If he, him losing to angle could have been justified if he won here. But the whole yeah. thing is like, yeah, they had something so special with Joe in that run. And like you said, even still, if the main event of bound for glory is Christian still the champ and Joe beats him, you can yeah. still kind of work to that. But like I said, he and they do have a great match. It's a great match, and he's the first guy to beat Christian in TNA, and he makes him tap out. But it, the match was for fucking Matt Morgan to be there, and then the, <laughs> Sting wins the title, and it's just like, so it's a great, great match. Like Christian, that STO he takes on the floor is disgusting. Oh my like, god, man! Because they get it all wrong, right? Like Joe just like gets his head and just fucking he's incredible. My god. It, like, you know, you've watched, you're familiar with the Samojo character, right, Joe? A little bit, yeah. I've seen Solo Sakaar. That's the main frame reference. But you know what they're going for. So, like, having seen all those yeah. matches, but then, like, he just kind of, like, he has him in midair and he's like, well, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to throw you down as hard as I can. <laughs> <my> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, and, you know, like someone said, shout out to Tane and Don West. And I, they have aged tremendously because now commentators yeah. seem so obsessed with, like, for lack of a better phrase, getting themselves over. And those guys are just literally watching wrestling and freaking out for what's happening. They're just like, oh, this move happened. Holy shit. It's, you know, it's like your friends sitting around and watching wrestling. And Don West, what a what a gem that guy was. Um, His reaction to the finish. Yeah. Like, the finish, like Christian wins. And Mike today is calling it as like, man, he's really lucky. But Don West is like, He's calling it in a, in a, in a fascinating way because Don West says, and I, I quoted this, I had to make sure of it. Mike Snow is explaining what happened, and Don West says, bunch of ball, and then it goes silent for like five seconds. He goes, load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's a <laughs> one of the pay per views they did where there's like a king of the mountain, or maybe it was a lockdown, but like. <laughs> AJ does some move where he comes off the top of the cage and goes to the announce table, and Don West yeah. starts freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, AJ's right here. I'm attached to a cord. What do I do? It's, he was just an insane person, man. It was great. Um, okay, so the, the ending is so deflating, and I get, yeah. like, it, and nothing's going to change it. I'm just fucking 15 years old. But um, two things to call out. 
uh, somewhere a young Biggie Langston was watching this match because there's oh the point God. where Joe tries to spear Christian through the ropes and falls right on his head on the outside. Fuck, man, that was crazy. <laughs> and then, um, Oracle, were you at the spring break in New Orleans? The Walter PCO spring break? No, I watched that live. Uh, like, in my, I, I wasn't there. I, I watched the show live, but I'm from home. So they do this spot in this match where Joe goes for the suicide dive and Christian counters and hits him in the head with the chair. Mm-hmm. And they, it, that, that spot will always make me think of that show because like, obviously Oh sevens when shit happened and then like chair shots of the head stopped. Yeah. And, um, there's a spot in that match. It's the Nick Gage Pentagon match where Gage shit cans Pentagon. And then Nick Gage is going to go for a suicide dive and Pentagon hits Nick Gage in the head as hard as I've ever seen someone hit something with something else with a steel chair when he's trying to do the suicide dive and the crowd's reaction to it is like not even like a big pop. It was just this just, yeah. really yeah. awkward moment. But uh, back to Christian Cage. I just, you know. Well, no, I, I, I understand because the I had, this is going to sound awful, but it's the truth. This is where we're at, folks. When I saw the sport, it says a lot about how Warp Diamond was wrestling for him. But my immediate thought was what month because I, I had the exact thought of like, there's a point in the timeline, right? And yeah. to his credit, I vividly remember Gabe Sapolsky saying this in like 08. He was like, forget the danger, forget the violence. He was like, if it helps you guys any to avoid doing these things, the crowd no longer wants to see it. Yeah. And he's like, he's actually correct, man, and has been since. Like, it gets one of those reactions like, oh, it doesn't get like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. the first thing I thought. Yeah. It's the. And- complete sidebar but there's no reason anyone's going to do the cross face anymore people will just see that and they're like yeah. eh, what, what the fuck but um this match is great i the older I, the match gets and the older i get when i watch it and the it's always frustrating yeah. more so as time goes on to go back and watch this era of tna and know that they were truly truly on the cusp of being something special and to see the the massive fuck-ups they had and mm-hmm. this is definitely one of them but that doesn't change the fact that this match is fantastic Wonderful. joe is all right i hope he had a good career i don't know what else he did no. uh christian is just fantastic in this even when he wins the way he's just kind of clutching the belt is great but uh great great stuff couple sports wanted to call out that we didn't get to the the double down where Christian comes off the top and Joe hits him with that kick that sounds like, yeah. I think today said it sounded like a gun went off, which was <laughs> fair. Um, incredible double down. And also, the, the muscle buster near full late is one of those great muscle busts where you can watch this match 10 times around, bite on that every time, knowing yep. what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that good of a false finish. Um, I love one, how he, he kicks at the ref because he's just kind yes. of out of reach. He's like, wake up. Beautiful. Yeah, I just love this dynamic. Like, this is going to sound dumb. I think you guys know what I mean. Christian is his best when he's given. If you give Christian like a wrestling force of nature, you know, like a guy who's a crazy athlete or a natural talent, Randy Orton will get to in a moment. The way he plugs their stuff in. Look, Samoa Joe has a bunch of great matches in the mid 2000s, but this is a very different flavor to the usual great Joe match, right? Like it feels like you're watching Joe work. But this is the best comparison I make. It feels like you're watching Joe work flair in the 80s for the NWL title. That's the best like, you know, comparison I can make. And it's fucking awesome. It's so great to watch that. Quick thing, this is like wrestling is always um, this is a good reminder to give you perspective when you read stories about wrestling nowadays. Like when they recap this on my world, Jeff Jarrett's podcast, there was an extended portion of either the torch or the observer, I forget which, in which it said 
the boys felt Joe should win because they didn't believe in Christian's ability to produce a high level in the ring. And um, I would just like to say that's always a good thing to keep in mind when you read the latest, you know, <laughs> the latest extraordinary stories of, of professional wrestling because that now sounds like fucking Idiocy. insane, right? It sounds like lunacy. Dude, that's um, – I'm sorry to go back to this. When Jeff Jarrett, and God bless him, all-time Carney, when he had the fucking nerve, the temerity on his show mm-hmm. to say that Monty Brown just wasn't ready, I that was one of those times that, like, Kelly from The Office, I was – you know, I want to go to his Q&A and be like, I have a question. How dare you? You know, that type of thing. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, before we give up a metric this year, my bad, I missed – the the opportunity to do so for the first act right we, we went off we talked about 2017 um so let's do both firstly let's just do matches for the first two acts of christian career that we didn't cover that you guys would like to give a shout obviously the lad of tlc that whole web of matches goes without saying um alex why would you like to give a shout out to and then oracle feel free to follow oh shit um the WrestleMania 20 match with Jericho is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that, like, it kind of gets overshadowed uh, from the time. And, yeah, it's – I'm trying to think of – he had good matches with Shelton. He was a part of, you know, that summer of 04 yeah. when they were doing a lot of those eight- and six-man tags. Yeah, the, the first act isn't loaded, right, as our pal – the contrarian battles he's in there again here he is he's back um the first act isn't necessarily loaded with like standout matches just a lot of good stuff right a lot of, yeah. a lot of good stuff um, yeah the, uh, the goldberg uh, cage match is good yeah the goldberg yeah. cage match is good the 20 match with jericho the cage match with jericho on raw is really good where christian mm-hmm. fucking goes coast to coast and it's just yeah that, <clears throat> that's excellent he was a part uh, i mean if you haven't seen team bischoff versus team austin from survivor series 2003 that's yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, for TNA, the Rhino barbed wire cage match Oracle, I think you'll back me up on that, uh, which led into uh, an AJ Styles match because Christian's so Rhino like kills him in this match and Christian wins. In case you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it. But Christian wins the match through nefarious means, and uh, he comes out in the next match, which is like AJ and Chris Saban or somebody, and he's like dead he's like bleeding and shit and he's just like never been beaten still undefeated and that leads to him and aj at genesis 2006 which was fantastic uh the team angle versus team cage war game style match from lockdown 2007 is fucking insane the joe christian match as we mentioned from bound for glory is fucking excellent uh i mean the Jarrett title match i said was really good his tna run was littered with uh he even had some good singles matches with sting along the way and angle and the Kazarian match we mentioned earlier, right? It's a, it's a famous mm-hmm. one for sure. It is, um, yeah. Yeah. Oracle, any others that we, we haven't covered there, mate, you'd like to share? Um, we've pretty much I'm, covered all of them. Uh, yeah. He and Pomco do have some really good tag matches, like on like Heat and like Raw and shit, and, like 04 mm-hmm. and 05. They're mm-hmm. just like really strong TV matches. Which a variety of teams. Says a lot about Christian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time. Alex, I have all respect for TNA. I appreciate it, but this is what I'm here for. <laughs> Act 3, February 2009, we head to the land of extreme, folks. <laughs> ECW television, just as we all remember it. This show features the most insane opening video I've ever seen a wrestling program um, sport. 
there are like wrestlers in this video that I'm not even aware of who they are. Pit <laughs> Finley is like the fourth biggest star on this show. I mean that as a compliment. Um, it's just glorious. Watch the opening video of ECW in 2009. Like it's it's fabulous. I can only watch it while picturing Oracle's grin watching it too. You know, like seeing these, seeing like the Mears and Morrison flashing by as the top heels. It's just, it's unbelievable. We are here to see Christian Cage, who has returned a month prior, challenge Jack Swagger for the ECW World's Title. Um, Alex, is it fair to say you had your concerns about this this part of the project? Not only did I have them, but I had for this particular one, I've had them confirmed. So let's go into it. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. The Oracle of Wrestling. Feel free to take a lead. Just like we did in the last couple of matches, we have a great oh, yeah. announce team here on the call. Um, just so much to like about it. Oracle, please lead the way, mate. This is special. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is just Christian Cage <clears throat> going out there. And, like, Christian, of course, you get, you know, Returns to the Christian name, goes out there, and uh, whoever's saying, "All right, go, go have him," you know, good match with this guy. Okay, yeah. And uh, he goes out there, and uh, he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna sell my arm the whole match, and I'm gonna do everything." And then you just do these spots, and we're gonna put everything together. And he does it so brilliantly. Um, like he takes a crazy shoulder tackle off off the ring apron onto the floor, flat back bump, crazy bump, misses a charge. Uh, into the still steps, gets his arm marked over. He also does his really good, like his really like, he does his like his uh, his cheesy hand clap, set up his dive, you know. Well, and, he, and, he, and he hits his dive really well here, but uh, you know he he gets his arm marked over. You know, admittedly, I haven't rewatched this in a while. His facial expressions are a little over the top, right? With his with his arm selling, yeah. but like, it's just really good psychology, and like. It's kind of jarring to watch it because you don't really see people sell limb, limbs like that. But like he was like he made it the whole focus of the match and it rules. Um, and it's just him like setting up his comebacks and like finding different ways to hit his comebacks and getting good near falls and like uh, you know and, he, and he's and he's almost gonna win it and of course his his uh, his bad arm betrays him in the end. Swagger hits him with the. With a swagger bomb and, and uh, retains, but it's just a great performance from Christian. One of many in that year where he wrestles against guys that are pretty much universally not seen as great workers. Uh, well, Yoshitatsu, Zack Ryder. Um, uh, I think I think there's a few others. Uh, of course, he has a. Of course, Regal is a great worker, and he has a great view with him. Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel Jackson's another guy that he has. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, he and Tommy Dreamer had some really good matches on TV, and nobody thinks Tommy Dreamer's a great worker. You know, nobody with a brain. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> he cries yeah, though. He he, uh, he he was just killing it, man. Just on like the show that nobody fucking watched, but like for nerds like me, you know, he's out here having like fucking three and a half star matches with Jack Swagger and Zack Ryder. He's he was one of the best wrestlers uh and on WWE. TV that year for sure. I mean, he, he was he was killing it, man, with with pretty much anybody and everybody. You could long... bump it up a quarter star or two there, Oracle. You know what I mean? Yeah. How how long did uh, WBCW go till? February 2010. Mm. <laughs> that is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's almost four years. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Paul Burchill. By the way, he has a great match with Paul Burchill. 
Uh, no, no, he doesn't. He's just yeah. saying shit now. <laughs> no, match is excellent. Bumps and sells, fucking awesome. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Like, I think this should come back. Not ECW, but like NXT's like it's two hours long. Who could possibly care? A one-hour show that's taped to uninterested crowds before SmackDown that airs only for Oracle and I. Give us like one top guy from the World Wrestling Federation. Like imagine Oracle, like Alex, seriously, pictures, Bob. It's a Sunday night, okay? No one is watching wrestling or they're waiting for like an AW pay for you. And Oracle and I log on and we're like, holy fuck, that Corbin Cole Anderson title match rocked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is a, I mean, I'm, I think there's something to this. But anyway, um, I would like to note the match striker said, this is Balboa and Creed, this is Ryu and Ken. <laughs> I watched it on mute, I, you know. <laughs> That's that was my first bit of contention when they're like, "Welcome back, Todd Grisham and Matt Stryker." It's like, <laughs> "Fuck Devin forever, man. I'm I'm done with this." <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Bobby, this go you first. Where, where do you stand on this? It feels to be the the only divisive piece we have here. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, you know, oh. really, no, for like a TV main event, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Um, probably the best Jack Swagger uh, singles match that there's been. It's this one or the Danielson one from a few weeks ago. Um. Yeah. You know, it was all right. I, I was I didn't expect him to uh, work a limb, so that was a pretty fun <laughs> wrinkle to it. It's actually the highest rated singles match of of Jake Hager's career. As over an eight on cage match, um, not the shoot match with Wardlow. No, a little, a little bit lower. Um, you know, when Bob gives a match the grade of fine, I believe that equates to approximately a quarter star. So, wasn't Bob's <laughs> favorite, but. Alex, go ahead. Now, just be careful, though, because this means a lot to Oracle, right? I understand. I we're, we're always nice to each other here. Uh, I do want to call out real quick. I um, <laughs> I'd cited a London Raw in 05. That was one of those with, like, an eight-man tag. The, uh, a match I would recommend everyone check out is from the February 14th, 2005 edition of Raw, uh, Randy Orton versus Christian. Um, there you go. There you go. So, um. And yes, they should bring back Velocity and Heat. They should first put all of those episodes on the fucking network, but us domestic folk here in the U.S. have to deal with fucking Peacock, so. Uh, all right, the notes here are, you know, first off, um, I've gotten into several, like, borderline heated discussions with my friends here recently. Matt Stryker is worse than Mara Ranillo. That's uh, that's something that needs to just be said and put out there. We did and- it, folks. An overdub. <laughs> <laughs> and then Todd Grisham, like, God, he was awful. And now, you know, Joe, I don't know what you caught him. You know, he commentates for like the zone and oh, shit, he's like, so bad. Dude, he, but the problem is now he's all GQ and he thinks he's so fucking cool. Yeah. That dude, what a cock, man. But you anyway, like, they're, they're making a boxing video game. And from what it appears, he's like, <clears throat> on some of them, he's like the solo announcer for the game, <laughs> which is going to be an unbearable experience. But yeah, oh, he already sounds God. like he's on video games, brother. We go, we go from fucking Joe Tessator and Teddy Atlas to yeah, fucking right. Todd Grisham. Ooh. If you ever want, I don't know if they're anywhere online you can find him anymore of when he hosted some call-in show for WWE and yes. people, and he was calling people the, like the fucking R word and shit. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But anyway, we got Jake Hager, Jack Swagger here. My first note, this could be anyone. And, uh, <laughs> Oracle, I saw you wearing a Chris Hero shirt, which was fitting because I immediately 
like I'm not going to go to the extreme of Tom McGee and fucking Bret Hart, but this immediately reminded me of uh, when Hero convinced everybody that Lars Sullivan was the guy, where he just like had a match with him. He's like, all right, do this, this, and this, and you know people will think that you're great. And we right. did, and that's because I, Chris Hero, Christian, Bret Hart, they're on the same level of like great workers and can do a lot with not much. And uh, <laughs> you know, with that aside and being a little more serious. I, I can absolutely see why they thought Jack Swagger was going to be somebody. Me too. He's, he's big, you know, he's handsome from some angles and, uh, you know, fucking Jerry Briscoe just gets a hard on for those amateur wrestlers. And like yeah. when he does it, like Jack Swagger does a beautiful, beautiful gator roll at some point in this match. And, you know, Jack was just getting hot and bothered or Jerry was getting hot and bothered. Maybe Jack too. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> they, it's a good match. It's fun. Again, we talked to this earlier of Christian being a great finish guy. The finish to this match is fucking fantastic. Yes, it like, is. Because I had to rewind it because I was like taking notes and then like I looked up and he reversed the doctor bomb into the unpretty. I was like, wait, how the fuck did he do that? And then I rewound it to watch it again. And then, you know, he comes back and uh, gets it because his arm's all fucked up and whatnot. And so uh, definitely the best Jack Swagger match I've ever seen. Uh, again, you know, we joked about coming into this. I didn't know those were a thing, um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a they got the crowd by the end, and you know, all jokes and fucking nerd shit aside, that's what matters. You got the crowd fucking bumping and rolling, yeah. and you're good to go. And they were fucking hot for the finish of this, so um, a good time, a fun watch. I'm in no way, shape, or form interested in watching any more WWE CW, but Oracle, I, I claim that I, as a victory. I claim yes, this as a victory. Take that, this fucking road. I thought this was like perhaps the actual best Christian performance we did. I'm not doing a bit. He's selling here. Mm-hmm. Swagger mm-hmm. would do the most like whatever shit. Like, that, like I agree with you about he could be anyone. But that's why it, that's why it fucking rules. Christian's like getting the people like it's like a 1990s fucking WCW crowd, and they're like rocking. <laughs> He does a fucking sunset flip, and they're like, ah! Oh. <laughs> there was people actually standing up, like, pumping their fists. Beneath. This is WWE ECW, man. This is an insane achievement, what this match was. Like, I'm... Look, they're all great matches. I'm not saying it's the best match. From a Christian point of view, this is, like, incredible. Also, you mentioned these punches earlier. They do this technical open, and then about, like, two minutes in, Swagger backs Christian in the corner, and Christian throws... You know when he does that, like... That uppercut punch he throws almost, that sort of sidearm. Yeah. He fucking throws out the place pops because they wanted like Christian to just punch him. They were tired of him technically really. It is just incredible. Honestly, I was amazed this this sort of like crowd response existed in 2009 WWE CW. I'm pretty sure it didn't. I think this is just like a, an insane uh-huh. one-off. Yeah, like it's like red hot. They're trading false finishes and people are like fucking it was something else. I had the complete opposite response to Alex, which was Oracle. When are we starting our WWE CW series? You know? um, which is definitely very like, inferior. Like I said, I take this as a victory because I know Alex trusts me enough. Now, after seeing that match, he goes, "Okay, I can believe Christian had good matches with these other guys too." Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to see that or anything, but I can believe Christian was good in them. It yeah. was the Jack Swagger part of the equation that had me going, "Hmm." Yeah. But yeah, it's a yeah. there's a part in it where <laughs> Swagger does something, and then he like. He's like on all fours, and then he remembers he's supposed to do something yes. to the hard camera. And he's like, "Hard cam." <laughs> the worst thing about that is the thing he did is like one of the more impressive moments of the match. He does some awesome power move. I forget what it was, and I but I noticed the exact same thing. He like 
oh fuck cameras you know it's it's, it's yeah. brutal um i yeah i thought it was really really good i I love weird shit like this where like Christians, he's like the ace of the brand. Dude, it's like, Joe, you know? I'm telling you, if you're interested, I mean, like, we don't have to do a show, but like, watch like 10, 12 matches of his from EC, and I think he will pop. Just, just, just focusing on him alone. We should like, do like, like this guy's good. But I also want to do, because Matt Hardy did like his own version of this, right? Mm-hmm. And he was very good in 08 as well. Yeah, yeah. And he has that match with Fit that's fucking awesome from mm-hmm. like Manchester. Oh. See, I have like no knowledge of any of this. All my like shit of like WWE CW is when it first started. Like yeah. when I think of that, it's Bob mm-hmm. Holly's back getting cut open, and then um, yeah, RVD and Sabu have that ladder match where RVD does like the greatest ladder match spot of all time, where he gets on the top rope and just jumps and tries to get the fucking briefcase. Down. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is like I've seen, I've picked that individual. I know that Christian and Regal have a long feud, and the blow off is in England. And there's this great atmosphere where the people kind of think they're going to see Regal win a world title. And he's like, it's Regal really was cool. in the ECW brand. Yeah, him and Christian have like an extended program. My God. They have a couple good. They have some really good ones. The unfortunate thing is they work SummerSlam and they do like an eight second match where Regal like takes his robot. I was so mad at the time. I was furious. Yeah. They have a bunch of. They have a couple on TV and they have one other pay per view match. Right? Yeah, break, breaking points real good. Yeah, though. it's it's fun, man. Like, and. Goldust gets like kind of rejuvenated there and gets to wrestle again. Like I've seen some. Goldust of the stuff. and Sheamus have an awesome TV feud. Like, like I'm not. I want to be very clear. Like just in case anyone was dating, so made up. In case anyone was questioning how fucking weird I am, I'm being completely sincere when I say that if WWE tomorrow had a third brand of main roster guys that no one cared about and it was an hour long, it would almost immediately become my favorite wrestling show. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Give me some fucking outcasts, man. You know, let's figure it out. Matt so Hardy what, having an ace run is insane, man. Mm-hmm. What is main event anymore? Main event's not real. It's Shelton NXT Benjamin people now. Pretend, you know, but it's not real. He's not on it anymore. He's on Raw again. Bro, did you see Shelton's dive the other day? When mm-hmm. he... Shelton... Might be time, Bobby. I don't know, man. You might have to reach out to your guy. Um, is it like... Know. I mean that... Jenny, is it on Peacock? Is it on Hulu? Where do they it's air it? Hulu. Hulu, yeah. yeah. But the key thing about ECW is, like... Matt says it here. It's like... It was where did he put it? It was somewhere up here. It was like it's his own thing, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the, the thing that makes it appealing. Like, I'm I would genuinely look. We've talked about NXT before. One of the things about NXT that was fucking awesome was an hour long, hour long yeah. wrestling TV shows. Like this main event starts like 25 minutes into the program. <laughs> yep, that's magic, brother. That's wrestling, you know. <laughs> but you get what you get, I suppose. So it was ECW like one of those things that like Vince just clearly didn't pay attention to, and the guys yes. just kind of did what they wanted. The, mm. Like as much as we pop when Oracle says it, there is the general belief is as soon as he stopped caring about it, ECW was like low key good for the rest of his existence. It's just no one, you know, like you know how we are with two hundred five live. Like yeah, as soon as Vince gave up on it, it became good. That's basically what uh, it was the WWE best wrestling ECW. program. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, convenient he ducks out when we're going to talk about the best wrestlers in the world in 2017 yeah. but uh yeah. um yeah that that's okay so that makes more sense to me now that's uh yeah. that's why i want like sunday night heat all of it on the network because that's one of the stories about yeah. that too was mm-hmm. when vince stopped caring <laughs> that's that old story of steven richards got in trouble because stephanie found out he was booking his own <laughs> angles on <laughs> sunday night heat <laughs> Yes, yeah, you know, in hindsight, maybe we should have like you know drew a conclusion or two from the fact that the best WWE shows were the ones that Vince didn't pay attention to. <laughs> and also, I I, I'm ashamed of you and I, Joe, when that 2017 discussion was up earlier. We didn't immediately say Bud Murph. Oh, no, 2018. He was, 
2018. 2018 yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Don't worry about it, brother. I mean, listen, I'm sure he had some bangers on those Largo loops, but oh. he didn't see TV in 2017. <laughs> 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 Not one time. Because um, remember he did this This just while Eric was gone. Let's enjoy ourselves here. But Buddy, Mur- Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews, whatever the fuck. Bud Matt, the Australian nightmare as we call him around here. Do you remember he he worked the Australia NXT TV? Because obviously, like, of course in like a trios with Bob Roode and someone else, and then just was never on TV again in NXT, ever. <laughs> yeah, because that was it. He came in right at the beginning of 2018. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I conflated the two. And then he was amazing. And then they gave him one pay-per-view booking on Survivor Series, and he's like, all right, how do I fall on my head as many times as possible while I'm Beautiful, out there? Man. Was it Matt? Yeah, we were talking about match the other day, right? Because we, we did, we like looked for all of the Survivor Series almost. I brought that match up because it's like, how did they not get on the main roster or the main shows again after that? They killed it, man. They tore it up. Like, you know, he made people think Ali was good. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> not my fault. Uh oh. Ali was, no, listen, Ali was really good. And then, like, since the pandemic and now, I'm just not, I'm not like. Hold up. Oracle, are you are you conceding on the 2018 New York 50? Oh no, I'm just I'm no, I still think it was better than Bud Matt in 2018. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I've I haven't revisited. I'm not gonna go back and watch. If, that it, if it helps, ain't neither of them doing shit in 2022. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe yeah, next that, year. They had. So wait, hold on. Were you saying that Ali was the best wrestler in 2018? Or uh, I had him above Bud Matt in 2018. We get very well, heated. They were both like they were both like I think there was like one was like. I can't remember who I who I all had ranked one or. Oracle was big on forward roles and like monologues and matches. His, his favorite stuff. Stop. Right. Show show me the banger with Kalisto. Show me that banger with Cedric Alexander awesome. and Melvin. Show it to me. Show it to me. Can't show. It. Don't exist. Got some some extended monologue duel with fucking Hideo Itami. Ain't the same, brother. Ain't the same. All right, we'll discuss this on the 2018 year in review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely gonna do that. <laughs> two oh, years man. forward here. <laughs> two years forward. Christian is is on SmackDown. He has just won the world's title and then lost the world's title immediately afterwards. Um, I was so mad when that shit happened. This is the most famous work of his career as a singles wrestler, right? I think um, mm-hmm. a four month program of Randy and that Randy. Regularly at every turn, so it's his, his favorite work of his career, and I think it is his best work. Um, we've covered a lot of great matches here, fellas, but this is just this is just beautiful pro wrestling, isn't it? Over the limit, 2011, Randy Orton, Christian, two career heels almost working as a babyface match, and the the little secret and like we don't really talk about a lot is that both the guys in ring are actually like Loki kind of better. That way, like Christian's a great in ring babyface. The character is what's better as a heel. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton in 2011, Alex, we were joking earlier about his first babyface run. This is maybe the best he ever was as a worker. This 2011 babyface run. I mean, he's worked with Mark Henry and stuff. And again, we'll get into another day perhaps, but a babyface match for these two guys, both of them look incredible physically. Like, Christian looks like fucking glorious here. That tan, my God. Randy looks great as always. The big gold is on the line. Has it ever I been better? I remember this match at all. Like, I know wow. I had watched this pay-per-view because wow. of the uh, main event, but I did not remember this match at all. Because, all right, help me out here. They 
Did they have three pay-per-view matches? Three or four? Was it four? Because they have the DQ, SummerSlam with the with the weaponry and such. It's four, I think. Four pay-per-view matches. Now, the story behind this, this is actually vaguely interesting. Yeah. Um, one capital punishment, money in the bank. Capital punishment. I remember that one because that's the one, like, Christian has his foot on the rope or some shit. Yeah. And the referee messes up, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. So the story behind this feud is because that's the pay per view Archer main evented. That's why I'll always remember it. God bless. Yeah. Has a very memorable poster, to say the least. Um, <laughs> the story behind this is when Michael Pierce Hayes was booking SmackDown because SmackDown 2011 was really good because Vince McMahon didn't care about it. Shocker, I know. And Michael Pierce Hayes called them in to explain the title change they were doing on SmackDown. He said, "Listen, we are going to Mark Henry." Mark Henry is our next guy. We want to give Mark this opportunity to run with it. And obviously everyone loves that run. It's a famous run. He said, we need time. Mark's not there yet. We're going to need four more months to book him in a way where they believe he could be the world champion. He said, I need you guys to get me there. And Christian, being Christian, couldn't care less about dropping the belt in two days. He was just popping at this idea of having four months with Randy Orton to paint this picture, you know? And this is the babyface match of that. I... If anyone out has never seen this, the heat for this match, the crowd investment for this match is extraordinary. It is like, again, it feels like a time machine. Mm-hmm. It's a babyface match, but not with any kind of like nerdy, like jeering. It's just two sets of fan bases, like going back and forth in a really energetic, enthusiastic way. Um Everything is so effortless because Christian's brain plugs all of Randy's awesome fucking natural ability into the right spot. What a match. Uh, Bobby, 2011, over the limit. Randy Orton, Christian, big gold on the line. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since uh, it aired. I don't really remember it, but I'm glad we revisited it because, you know, it's a lot of the points you made where, like, they didn't try and do too much. They just kept it simple and did what worked and did it to perfection, and uh, that can work. Like, you got to be a particular type of guy for it to work, but these are two guys that can make it work, and uh, they did that, and it was just – it was awesome. You talk about guys that have chemistry, these two uh, off the charts, man. Like, and – one of the big things in my notes, I'm glad you brought this up too. Like, is this the best version of these two guys? And it is. I think so. Yeah. I, I, Oracle Love talks about this a lot actually on shows. Like, Christian's a better heel in the sense that he's, a, as a character, he's like one of the mm. best heels. And as a babyface, he's kind of like bland, right? But as a, as a babyface ace, working kind of like Steamboat esque, yeah. he's fucking amazing. And Orton here, the problem with Orton as a heel, and I love Randy, and God forbid he doesn't come back, is. I'm like genuinely upset about that whole deal. I love the guy, but when he's a heel and he takes a long heat segment, he's not always the most compelling in that situation, you know? But as a baby face, you can sell. It's like, I I really think it's kind of a, a secret. Like people don't think of either guy that way, but they're great baby face workers. Alex, I was stunned. You you didn't record this one. You know, like it's, it's fascinating, right? Like for you, the Van Damme match, I'm like, no way. I feel the same way there. Like, what did you make of it, you know, watching it here? Yeah, this would have been in that era, like, you know, right before the network, so to speak, of where I would just right. watch pay-per-views and then not really think about them. But um, it's great. I do not remember Randy Orton ever busting out the Billy Goats curse in any other match in his career, that reverse yes. Boston Crab. That, uh, that's that's awesome. And, um, 
counters on counters, which obviously came to be kind of like their their thing that they did. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the the submission actually gets like a legitimate false finish reaction too, which is incredible. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, are we you back? Can you you're hear back, me? You're back. Yes, you're All back. right. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna have a stern word with the people at Spectrum, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just counters on counters, and uh, the crowd's like so hot, and it's it's fewer and far between. Like this isn't old. Like no, never to be. Doesn't really get crowds like this anymore, man. And mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, you know, every once in a while they'll work people into a frenzy. I remember there's a few Roman matches you can cite and whatnot, but like people are just like fucking, they want it. They're excited for oh, it. Yeah. Like you said, um, when we get to the you know other matches to plug, I'll cite one where Christian's you know, at, at a performer as a baby face. He's just fucking fantastic. And then the end with the whole to do, and it's he finally hits the RKO, and I think that definitely between like the diamond cutter and his iteration and you know, the stunner and whatnot, that's gotta be one of those moves. That's just like timeless. Like people just want to see it. And so obviously that's not what this match is, but like you can build a whole match around just Randy Orton hitting an RKO and people just be like, yeah, he did the thing. Um, So I'm trying to remember the other ones. They all kind of just built upon this. Okay, so Christian was still like he wasn't fully fledged bad guy yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, the the first one, and I think the commentary team pointed this out. But so you know the spot where he's on the middle and he he fakes this way and Randy yeah, goes lost SmackDown. Yeah, that was how he lost the belt. So like that was they built on that here, and then as it went on, the next match Christian's a heel, right, Oracle? Uh, kind of capital punishment, he's closer, but not quite. And then by the end, he's and he wins the belt yeah, by DQ, money in right? the bank. Money in the bank, he's already turned pretty much by that point. Yeah, and Randy Orton can lose the belt by DQ or, or whatever because Christian well, that finishes starts the one more match thing. And yeah. then he, like, if you remember, uh, like Christian goads him into like it's awesome, like slapping the ref or something or something like that. Yeah. He spits in his face and then yeah, Randy kicks him face, in the right. dick. And Randy just loses his mind. And It's this beautiful shot of Christian falling to his knees, holding his dick and balls, and the crowd's like losing their shit He's behind so him. so fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so that, that makes sense. And yeah, like yeah. the like when I was watching this, some of the other shit was coming to me, and the, this doesn't annoy me in the way that like I counter a Hurricane Rana with a 450 annoys me, that type of thing. It's just kind of like... So slick, man. It's so it's, like, um, it feels so natural for them, you know. Joe, do you remember when uh, they did that season, of The Ultimate Fighter, where the comeback, where it was all the guys that they had brought back, yeah. from, and Mac Sarah fought Shoney Carter again and hit him. He rocked him with the spinning back fist, yes. and he was like, "You motherfucker!" That's the yeah. type of shit. Like, that that shit happens in real fights, so it can happen in stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like that that all kind of makes sense to me. And um, yeah, it. Like I said, for something I didn't remember, I was just like, holy shit, yes. Uh, and, you know, this culminates, this run culminates in the greatest squash match of all time with uh, Mark Henry and Randy Orton. Yes. And so, like, I had never really thought about it or put it in that perspective. But this, yeah, this would have to be considered, like, one of the keystone runs, or if not the one, of Randy Orton's career. It's often pointed to as, like, and I know a lot of Orton's work bleeds together, but a lot of um, 
folks like myself who are great big fucking losers and love Randy Orton. <laughs> we see this as like a shift for him where he um, very much started to feel himself the responsibility of being a veteran. And look, he's had his ups and downs in that. I mean, you, the last 10 years, he's been a much different person than the 10 years before that, if that makes any sense, right? And I think I've heard him often point to Christian as being a big part of that because Christian was able to, to guide him as a wrestler, even though he was, what, probably a seven-time champ then. <laughs> Christian taught him so much. I think he kind of opened his eyes to how he could approach wrestling. And I think he's since adjusted again. You know, I'm sure there's been some some uh, some spots along the way where he's lost that, that thought process. But hmm. I, that's the way I always think of it. Um, man, Randy's superplex. Like one of the prettiest moves in wrestling, right? Like always looks great. His power slam, dude. Oh, and it's great here. They do the spear set up, right? Yeah. Um, it's just such... And, like, this is a weird thing that's – it isn't even a real, like, comment on the match's quality. But for me as watching it, there is something added to it with that fucking belt too. Mm-hmm. Two guys having, like, a classic match series for that belt, it's just special, right? Because that belt became – like, it went through – at this point, SmackDown is a clear B show. As I mentioned, Vince is already co-gives a fuck. So when you have guys working at this level – it's like, to the wrestling fan, they could see this as the world's title. Regardless of where it is on the card, it's wrestled at such a high level, it feels like the world's title. And obviously, we'll get that back when the gentleman that uh, Alex is representing with a hat there, you know, when he brings it back next year. He's we'll bringing back that. the winged eagle, baby. That's what he's bringing back. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. That's that's I respect that. That's good shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome, awesome match. Okay. Let's this, this, uh, finish off here. Other hits from this act, other kind of standout matches we need to call out. Um, Alex, you said you have one, right? You, you wanted to mention you have a few, I'm sure. Go ahead, man. Well, we were just talking about it. It completely slipped my mind, but it came back to me. It's late July, early August 2013. Christian, RVD, and Orton have a triple threat on SmackDown mm-hmm. where one of the spots is RVD goes for Rolling Thunder on, RV, uh, on Randy Orton. Excuse me. He completes the first roll, and when he goes up to do the the splash, Orton catches him and power slams him. It's one of the most seamless spots you will ever see. But that match, yeah. I was at that show. It was like on a Wednesday afternoon in Houston, and it was completely sold out. It's one of like the (laughs) most random shows I've ever been to. I was a Survivor Series there, and it wasn't sold out. Like It was just you couldn't fit another person in there. But that led into... Christian versus Del Rio at 2013 SummerSlam. Yeah. Now, 2013 SummerSlam, that's my favorite show of all time. So, obviously, I have a bias towards it. But, like, uh, Del Rio, Arn Anderson, he is not. And um, I think Christian was – I think Christian and Dolph gave him the best matches he ever had. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that one with Christian is really good because it was that whole – the build to it – I hate to sound like a fucking nerd, but I just thought it was kind of beautiful the way it was of like, he just wanted one more shot at the belt and he got it, but he was just, you know, he was too old at that point, that type of thing. I thought the story they told was great. And what you were saying, his baby face, like way of selling in that. And like, Mm. it's the third match on the show and the people are on their feet, like going nuts by the end of it. Unbelievable. uh, They should have called an audible. At the WrestleMania 25 Money in the Bank, Christian was by far the most yeah. over person in that match. And uh, I think we've talked about it on the last one. Yeah, I think that was the lead in. There's the point where he catches himself and it looks like he's about to win. 
and the place just comes unglued. And so by the yeah. time Punk won, they were just like, eh. And, you know, we wanted Christian to win. Um, the Orton match matches Money in the Bank and at um, SummerSlam that year, really yeah. good. And like I said, he's, he, you know, he's only one sixth of it, but I feel like there's a lot of reasons why, but that elimination chamber match from February, 2014 gets really lost in time. And like, slips that's the, the last great chamber match, like before. Cause like, no, well, I mean, that's not true. Like the Kofi one was good or whatever, but like, that's the last, cause it was the last <laughs> of the, of the, of the original chamber. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Before they but it's like, it up, you know? There's so many things about it. It's like that was during the midst of the whole Brian thing. The undercard of that show had the Shield Wyatt Shield versus Wyatt's match. That was the last pay per view before the network. Yep. The so night, there's all the these night, reasons night. people forget about it, but Christian's part of that, and that chamber match fucking rules. So, um, I mean, I think the what we've spoken to up until this point, you're going to have a much harder time finding bad Christian matches than good ones. Yeah. Uh, but there's some that are extraordinary. Absolutely. Uh, Oracle, any others you'd like to shout out? Any other ECW matches, perhaps, that you would like to mention? Uh, I've, I've kind of ran through the gambit on that, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, the, I think the Yoshi Tachi matches in October. I think the Zack Ryder matches somewhere around there. Uh, October of 09. Uh, the Dreamer matches are like throughout the summer of 09. And like, was Dreamer wearing a t shirt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, um, we're gonna do a show, Oracle, where we're gonna, we're gonna come together. We're gonna go through the WWE roster and we're gonna prepare ourselves a, a plan, you know? The, the modern take on what WWE CW was. Prepare a pitch. We'll pick out a roster, you know, an announced team perhaps. We'll send it off to the people that need it. You know what I mean? Mm. Need it back, brother. Need that real grabs. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yoshi Tatsu working world title matches. Let's fucking go. Right. And uh, you know the SummerSlam match uh, with Orton and Christian? Yeah. That kind of um, – technically the ending is as the cage match a couple weeks later. But like, Bro, I love the cage kind match. Of like, match. Kind of like how Eddie and Ray ended their feud technically in that cage match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The SummerSlam match was kind of seen by everybody because on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually – I don't think I've ever seen the Orton Christian cage match. Oh, it's awesome. Is it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I love that match. But the, but the SummerSlam match is incredible. Like at one point Randy Orton like cuts his hand. Yeah. And like he's mad about it, but he like – he like like plays it up too at the same time. He's like, "Oh fuck, I cut my hand," and he's oh, like, and he starts like goofing off and shit. Do you, do you know what I'm talking? about? hundred percent. Yeah, match is fucking awesome. Brad, like that's why I'm kind of. I always see that for you, just Randy, like loosening up that whole run because he hates being a babyface, but he knows he has to like like emote mm. <laughs> because for the two years before that, he's like insane snake person. Oh, and he's like God. fucking playing like so bad though. Yeah, he's, I know. Like, he's, like, playing... he's like playing Norman Bates on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he brought it back when he feuded with Edge, and he did that thing where he like fucking. It was a great angle, don't be wrong. But when he laid out Edge, and he was so like crisping his hair and shit, like he's. <laughs> <laughs> Acting, bro. Acting, you gotta respect it. Um, also, it's not technically Act Three; it's just like an Act Four. But 
he has legitimately had like many tremendous matches in AEW. Yeah. He had one of Adam Cole's best matches in the territory. Oh yeah. He had the Kenny Omega matches. He had there was this awesome 10 man where he got he put over the FTR. Uh, the FTR wasn't me. It's not <laughs> the hitman. Um he he put FTR over. There was uh the original Kaz match. Yeah. There's others I'm forgetting, but the, oh, um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just reminded of the of the really it's actually really good. The Cena Orton Iron Man match from 09. Well, like there's no way that's good. When, oh, when contrarian, let me tell you. <laughs> Special. They made magic. Go ahead, Oracle. When the when 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 Orton like messes with the pyro and like he's like testing it and he's like making the faces. Yeah. He's like looking over to see if it's like working because he wants to blow John Cena up. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite was where Randy Orton was supposed to be the baby face and like people would boo him. Like he would just get like so despondent. <laughs> so mad. Yeah. He would literally, yeah. <laughs> There's a great um <laughs> he was the opposite happens him when he got older. And he worked a European tour with it was him and Brody versus American Alpha. And like the you know, these European crowds don't give a fuck about American Alpha because they're brand new and they're just cheering for Randy Orton once to the RKO. And Randy like walked through and an agent who will not be named was like, like, we get like, man, they're the baby face, they're getting killed out there. And, I, and Randy goes, I told you they want to see the RKO. <laughs> fucking <laughs> <laughs> doing jobs to american alpha to despondent european crowds like it's tremendous man. that shit he did at um the second one night stand in the hammerstein where oh yeah he called the audible of calling people to help him to the back and he was just like you know dragging and it's like oh my fans uh yeah i i completely forgot about that Christian is an AEW for a moment when we were talking about all that, but the matches you reference that I've seen are good. Um, the two Kenny matches I really enjoyed. The second one, man, it got such a, a tough break because like it was really good, but no one cared. Yeah. Everyone was just staring at the fucking tunnel, waiting for Brian and Cole to come out. So it was uh, it was good though. And then you know they're old, but one of the dynamites I went to here. Him and Matt Hardy had a match that got the crowd on their feet, pumping yeah. and clapping. So yeah. it's you know, he's just he's he honestly is the same wrestler. Like he's just so graceful. It's so easy for him. It's just he's remarkable. Um, I totally understand that he doesn't jump off the page like other candidates, but he should be brought up more often. When we talk about the great guys of this last twenty years plus. You know, he's he's really a special wrestler. Um, okay, with that in mind. Any yeah, other thoughts many, on Christian before I conclude? Because I don't want I don't want to miss anything. Alex, go ahead. I was I was about to say how many how many guys have had their debut against Takamichinoku, wrestled Randy Orton at SummerSlam, right. and then wrestled Adam Cole in AEW. Find them for me. There That's ain't crazy. nobody. It did pop me like you know when you were talking about Mania when you was like when Punk won they wanted Christian. It's like mm-hmm. how nuts is it that twelve years later. Those guys were on like the alternative pay per view as like two of the main characters, you know. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. wrestling is wild in that sense nowadays. Um, not sure what happened again though with those two. But anyway, <laughs> any other thoughts on Christian Cage for you? We, we've you know we've enjoyed this tonight, haven't we, lads? It's been fun for us to talk about one of our collective favorites. I, I can't stress enough because I think there's there's like such a weird thing with TNA of like. 
the people that lived through it that watched it and understood how good it was. There's the people who lived through it and laughed at it and just think like nothing good ever happened there. There's people I that I follow on Twitter that consistently say that nothing good ever happened there. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, go fuck yourself. And then there's uh, the younger generation that kind of just knows it as impact and just kind of what it is now. And knows that, it as DAZN's newest property, brother. Jesus, dude. We'll see how, uh, th- yeah, how'd that work out for Court Bauer? We'll see how long that lasts. I'm just think yeah. of Eddie Hearn on the fucking phone with uh, Scott Demore. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> I um, one bright, you know, good thing though on, on the bright side would be that you know Todd Todd works for Design. <laughs> you know, Get Todd Grisham and Todd Phillips yeah. on the call. No, they can put Stryker and Grisham back together to see? call. Oh man, and if they do more co-promoting. We'll get another Christian Jack Swagger match with Matt Stryker and Todd Grisham on the call. Some good so, shit, bro. Oracle, thank God we're filming you from the waist up on this one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my my point that I was trying to make is yes. like I can't encourage people enough if they haven't seen it to go back and watch some of the, you know what I consider golden era TNA. But like if you've never seen Christian's work there, like you really need to. Yeah. Go out of your way. To, at least the two matches we mentioned or talked about here tonight. To go check them out. Um, he was tremendous in like the people. It was just a tremendous moment in time for them. So, if you're not familiar with it, please, I encourage you Bro, to check it out. I legit forgot this was a thing. Yeah, Christian had like multiple good matches in Impact last year. Yeah, the Joshua Vander match ruled. Bro, the Brian Myers match was like legit, like really good. They had a match for the world's title in Impact. Like Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers. Yeah. Good the lord. World's title. And he also wrestled um this was fucking he wrestled like Ace Austin. I don't even you know who Ace Austin is, Alex, but like he's like, like I like Ace he's Austin. In he's in the bullet like, club. I know who he is. Yeah, he's like the modern wrestler, right? And like Christian's like a foot taller than him. They're <laughs> having like a work rate match. You know? <laughs> and that was Vince always thought Christian was too small. God, yeah. what an industry. The other Vince story of Christian is that he famously said to Bruce, allegedly, um, he was like, What if I wish we could just cover his face. And everyone was like, what? And he was like, we should just put a dot over his face, you know? Hmm. And everyone was like, are you good, man? <laughs> Actually, they didn't. They just said, good call, boss. <laughs> Let's get a uh, fucking dot over his face. <laughs> that was the other one. I was trying to, there was something I blanked on earlier. There was a segment in 05, you know, when I was big high school, smart Christian for the real workers, that type of thing. And, uh, yeah. They did a segment in Madison Square Garden where it was Christian against, like, and Vince came out. <laughs> if you can believe it, Vince was there to announce that we're doing a, we're shaking things up. We're doing a draft. And Christian, like, held his own against Vince and said that, I want you to draft John Cena to Raw so I can kick Marky Mark's ass. And, like, the place went nuts for that. And I was just like, they're going to do something with them. And then, you know, rules. Yeah. That fucking rules. Um, Oracle, Bobby, anything else on Christian Cage before we, we take it home? Um, no, not really. I think we covered a lot of ground here. Um, just a tremendous worker. Glad we got to do this. Uh, the show that he did with Edge on the network was also very funny. I don't know if it was it's, wrestling funny or actually he funny. Was very, he was very funny. He was funny. But yeah. yeah, and their podcast ruled. I miss their podcast. Yeah. Was that the show where he ignored a call and he told Edge that he faved it? I think yeah. like that is he was, that, that, that really was funny. The first season is like starts off actually pretty bad and like it's funnier. Yeah. It's, the whole second season they do is funny as shit. 
they, they do like an episode about like redeeming the shop master. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like go, they find, you know, <laughs> and like he recreates the spot. It's quite oh, the deal. That's the show where they did like a Kill Bill episode where Kyrie fights Beth Phoenix. Because yeah. I remember like I saw like a picture <laughs> of like mm-hmm. Beth Phoenix and the Kill Bill thing fighting Kyrie Sane. I was like, what the fuck is this? And had to yeah. look it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where they made original programming for the WWE network, mm-hmm. you know? But man. Talk about we didn't know what we had. The original WWE Network, my God. I oh, know. Used to be better. All right. It's time to look ahead towards next month. For anyone wondering at home, yes, I did. Just it used to be better for 2017 WWE Network. <laughs> I stick and buy that. Okay. Is the next, next. episode uh, we're doing top 20 wrestlers of 2017? We have to fit that <laughs> in some other time. But I have to say, guys, <coughs> we've got some options. All right. Now, I... I have Raven. a personal favorite. I'm going to save that for the end, but we'll go through them. Um, topical, both in real time and <laughs> via 2007 TNA, Keiji Muto is eligible for our December episode. That could be something, right, with his retirement tour underway, and he's he's retiring in gen- on January 23rd, 22nd, somewhere around there. Of course, got the Shinsuke match on January 1st. Uh, that could be interesting. Many an act available there. Um, also topical in this episode and available for next month, Rob Van Dam. We have um, Ravishing Rick Rude. Ooh. He's a Dangerous Alliance protege and little-known star, Stunning Steve Austin. Ooh. My God. We have the Contrarian Alex favorite wrestler, Rey Mysterio Jr. We have the Oracle of Wrestling's favorite wrestler, Kurt Angle. <laughs> and then we have my actual selection, what would be undeniably the most fun episode of the Green Grappler ever? Bill Goldberg. My God. <laughs> it's time, boys. We run time of like 30 minutes of matches, and I just feel like that <laughs> fucking spear. <laughs> <laughs> just going in circles, saying the same thing about every match. <laughs> See that leg lock? We have Goldberg, Rude. Jerry Flynn from Nitro, any of those matches. There you go. Dude, Goldberg and Raven is like, to me, the greatest TV wrestling match of all time. That match fucking over. Unironically, think Goldberg would be like an awesome show, and we all like him. And the narrative on him is so like annoying because everyone has to pretend he fucking sucked. And we could absolutely pick out sick because the acts would be WCW, WWE, and then the return, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Squeezing that match with Nagawa from Japan, go yeah. real deep cut on it. <laughs> we just do six acts because all the matches are three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not. No, we do not have to do a Triple H match. We'll yeah, be doing, no. we'll be doing we'll be doing the Christian Cage match <laughs> and the Mark Henry match on Raw. Uh, b- 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 the Jericho match from Bad Blood 2003. That's probably a better choice. WCW would be right in the You want to match. talk about like fucking back to the future shit. Like what would be perfect for the show is that elimination chamber match if he had won, but uh, yeah. they made sure he didn't. Yeah. That's like yeah. the best he's ever been booked until Triple H just I gotta go over. I, I don't know, boys. I, I think this is where our heart's gonna lead us, right? We're gonna do Bill Goldberg. What do we think? I I think we should. Um, I was talking about it a little bit earlier with uh, Don't Have an At. Um, you know, seeing <laughs> some some options for December, and it's hard to get to six. Uh, but I think if you really do some research, nah. you probably could. All right, we could do it. The WCW is Raven and and um, DDP. Yep. Yeah. WWE, we just did the first one. The comeback run would be the Lesnar sprint and uh, fuck it, the Taker match. 
See, that's the part I ran into trouble with. Because, yeah, you put one of the Brock matches and then... It's a bad match, but, like, I... I, It's so fucking dangerous. I I love it. It's unbelievable. He does a shoot brain buster, bro. I've never seen it. I've heard about it. What the fuck are you talking about, Bob? It's legitimately... No, I never watched it. I heard it was... It's one of my... Like, I legitimately like that match. But, like, I mean, I understand. It's a bad... Like, it's... It's Christmas... It gives us some wiggle room time wise. This is be- this is perfect. Okay. Goldberg Ziggler is not a, not a bad pick either. Goldberg Ziggler, I'd rather incredible. be the taker match, but Goldberg oh, Ziggler is not a bad. Pick. And Dolph has that super kick full seat at the start of the match, and the place is like, oh shit! <laughs> you remember? I was that? in I was in the upper deck of the fucking Air Canada Center when they, when he kicked him. I stood up out of my seat and put my hands up. But fucking awesome, man! Uh, well, yeah, you got that, and then uh, I might be in the minority. I thought both the Lashley matches were good too. There's plenty to work with him, here. Man. Yeah, we could oh, do okay. it easily, man. He has a but lot yeah. of good matches in '99 too. Like, Bro, I, I like the Nash match. Like, I like the Nash match. I like the like match. Okay, like no, like, no, no. no. The Nash match at Sp- uh, Spring Stampede. Yes, that rules. match is good. Yes, where, where Nash does the amazing toe touch. The Sid he does match the... is incredible. Have you seen that match, Alex? The Sid match where Sid, Sid like like bleeds everything. Oh. He hits a nine on the Muda scale. Mm. Oh my god! He, he, they do the angle before the match. He's bladed already. Remember? And he oh, we have to do. We have to do twenty matches. It's Even, peak like, Sid. He disappears behind like a, a barrel, and then he comes back up, and he's just bleeding. He's like, "Who are you?" And like yelling. <laughs> we gotta do that match. Man. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. And then also like fucking Steiner Goldberg at Fall Brawl 2000, oh, the, the last mm-hmm. great WCW match. But Bob, right. okay, I'm sorry, guys. It's not gonna be the best match we discussed. But if Bob hasn't seen the Taker match, we have to include that on it. All right, mm. guys. I think we need a player of our format here. We need to be loose. And I would argue, and I'm, this is just one person's opinion, you know, 12 days of Christmas, the 12 bouts of Bill. <laughs> yes. Because the match... For real? How long is the Raven match, bro? Three, four? Do that it's four like minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 Like, one yeah, of the matches I mean, should yeah. be when he squashes the longest, the longest matches would be the Jericho match and the DDP match, right? And everything else would be yeah. like... Mm-hmm. The 12 I bouts still of think, Bill. Like, I'm not even kidding. These 12 matches may clock in shorter than Jack Briscoe versus Antonio Inoki. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And even if they go like the style, the ones that go longer fucking rule. So, like, they're just mm-hmm. like hoots because they're just yeah. throwing each other. Mm-hmm. Dude, the, the Steiner match if, if, is if amazing. 12, that, means, that means we can legitimately fit in like the fucking um, <laughs> uh, one of those Jerry Flynn matches on Nitro. I'm not fucking kidding. But that match is rule. I don't know if we'll, it'll make the cut or like the Giants' last match in WCW, where Goldberg kicks out of his finish at one and then squashes him. <laughs> we definitely need the Sid match. Though. That's like I honestly think that's like an incredible match, and no one ever gives it love. It's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Dave could be like one star. That piece of shit. He's an idiot. Yeah. They... <laughs> the yeah Goldberg Steiner like when they just don't want to work, so they just like shoot throw each other as hard as they can <laughs> the 12 bouts of bill boys that's what we're, that's what we're yes. penciling it in we're gonna we're gonna try and come up with a list collectively um we'll try and break it into like fours right we'll do three fours that'd be pretty the best way to do it mm-hmm. there you go should be there fun. there was wcw christmas merchandise 
with Goldberg, so we can find a lot of images that'll work out well for this. Oh, this is very good. This and very he wasn't—he was in a fucking movie where he played Santa as a fucking serial killer, so we'll be all right. <laughs> yes, he was. That I also reviewed that in a prior life elsewhere. So if you want, <laughs> you want to really go in with the Goldberg Christmas vibes, folks, it's over there. Um, what a time! Oh man, I am fired up for this. I mean, look, there's a lot of great wrestlers up for you know, but come on, it's Goldberg, man. Fuck, it's like. It's a blast, you know. We're not even gonna have shit to say about the match. He's just gonna be popping. Remember when he speared him? <laughs> <laughs> Come on here and talk about limb work. Fuck that. It's Christmas. All right. There you go, folks. Grin grappler, Bill Goldberg, 12 bouts of Bill. It's gonna be a hell of a time. Okay. Locked in. Ready to go. Bobby, any final thoughts, plugs, promotions, so on and so forth. Um, no, I don't think so. We have late night grin on Thursday. I'll be there for that. Um, 24 hour stream starting immediately after that. I should be there for a portion of Friday. Looking forward to that. Um, Yeah. Should be a good time. Yes. Just to know we start late night grin.com at nine Eastern on Thursday night. However long is left of the 24 hours. I then just continue on Twitch. The way it work is, um, Twitch has a donate like uh, function now, so it's a lot easier and a lot smoother. Um, so, if you want to donate during the first few hours, then you can do streamlabs. But honestly, just wait, and we'll you know we'll get moving once I head over from from the flagship. So that's what's going to be happening on Thursday night. Hopefully, we all make it out okay. Oracle, mm-hmm. any plugs, any promotions, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna send in the private chat what I think. Just a real quick, like, overlap what I think the 12 matches could be. And then, uh, other than that, no. Uh, I'll be here after. So, my birthday is on Thursday. So, I'm going to go out to eat with, with some friends, I think, after work. Oh, it's late. So, like, I don't have to get up till 11 a.m. for work anymore because I don't have to be at work till noon now. So, I will be on with Joe on Thursday night for a little bit. Help the guy out. Uh, Thanks, pal. You know, for maybe an hour or two. I don't know how long, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll put together that WWE CW project, right? We'll do that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Oracle will leave me and it'll be like fucking 8 a.m. here and I'll start booking it. Well, first TV we've got. <laughs> Chat just in complete awe of what's happening, breaking down on, on screen. Um, I love this. Oracle is actually putting this in the private chat. That fucking rules. We're going to mm. be off the air in a second, bro. We can talk shop. Alex, yeah. plugs, promotions. Go ahead, brother. Uh, as always, first of all, I just appreciate y'all having me. This is so much fun. I I always look forward to doing this, and so glad to be part of it. Uh, we are the Contrarians.com, at Contrarian Prime on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Contrarian Prime, YouTube.com slash at Contrarian Prime. We have a patron, Patron.com slash Contrarian Prime. Uh, podcast about film, which I, I always try to shoehorn uh, wrestling references into yes. and whatnot. We're currently we're catching up on some patron requests. So a lot of movies that aren't so widely known, but we're also uh, the tw- 2009 Star Trek. We're doing that trilogy, uh, the Chris Pine Zachary Quinto trilogy, and then also uh, coming up uh, with some of our friends from Australia. We covered um, Nothing But Trouble, a very infamous film from the early 90s that Dan Aykroyd starred and directed in. So 
that's what you can expect there. And if you are a wrestling fan and never heard this plug before, on our Patreon account, we fucking, I like, think we clocked in like 15 hours of uh, bonus episodes detailing the Rock John Cena rivalry from 2011 and 2012 and also how their movie careers intertwined to that. So check it out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Contrarian Alex. If you have any questions about anything I just said, feel free to DM me and I'll clarify it for you. Um, we are roughly. Eight weeks away from the return of the American Nightmare, the savior of professional wrestling. So each day that passes is a day closer to glory. So uh, yes, yeah, that's where we're yeah, at. For for those of us, you know, with um, you know, for those of us to follow the product, late night green and fed dead redemption, we're also the same amount of days away from Alexa Bliss winning the big gold in the stadium at the Royal Rumble. So you know what I'm saying is there's something for everyone, right, boys? Wrestling. What is wrestling, Oracle? It's for everyone, isn't it? That's what I think. Right, anyway, right. there you go, folks. Put some joy in your wrestling this holiday season. <laughs> All right. I Have think the only uh, the only appropriate thing to ask at this point, yes, is who's next. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will see you tomorrow for the Dynamite Grin Along. Keep grinning, folks. We love you. Enjoy this outro. All hell.